listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Oh, of course. Fucking bastard. You, you fucking bastard. You better hurry up and start this shit, because I'm, I'm getting old over here. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm already old. <laughs> Uh, the 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 stream is like you know a few minutes or a few seconds behind, and oh yeah, so like I saw you with like no with like with no audio context, you going. <laughs> All right, are, are are you ready? I'm ready. I am too also ready. I'm ready as well. Okay. The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Saddle, miedo. Because the Warhorse will fight until he brings his last. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to... No more questions, not that damn What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 15. I am your host, Nate. And today, joining me for the first ever six-man tag on this show, welcome back once again, Buckles! What is going on, my dude? Not much, my friend. But like uh, I said in the very beginning of this live stream, because for those of you who don't know, we're currently live streaming this. Oh, do we yes, lose? We've got a, uh, we've oh, got a trios go. championship apparently coming up here. Yeah. Uh, so you, today, uh, joining us, cannot both. get rid of me that easily. Good, good, good. I'm glad we can't get rid of you that easily today. Joining us on the podcast, welcome back once again, founder 
of the co-founder of Journey into Comics Network, Journey into Comics podcast, Journey into Wrestling on here, as well as Game Addicts podcast. Welcome back once again, the incomparable Brendo. What's going on, Nate? Buckles, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a minute since I've been on one of these uh, Journey into Wrestling podcasts, as you call them, and uh, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you so much, Nate, for the invite, and Buckles, thanks for having me. It's been it's been a very interesting couple of weeks, Definitely. months uh, in the world of wrestling, especially as we're living in this world of you know, Corona mania. Uh, we, that's pretty much what we had, so... Uh, today we're going to be reviewing WrestleMania 36, uh, the first ever two-day version of the event, and of course we got some other stuff and news along the way. And uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna turn it over over to one of the other hosts, Nate or uh, Buckles. Just jump on in and uh, do what you guys do, and I'll be over here whenever you need me. <laughs> we'll tag in. Okay, we got the tag in. Okay, so yeah, it's really strange. We're like kind of in the official cycle that we know what wrestling without a crowd right now is like. Like we're used to it. It's a thing that it's like, okay, whatever. It's novel now that it's happening. It doesn't really change your opinion of the wrestling as a whole. And I think that you're seeing two very clearly different products happen. AEW has their vision, and I think they're executing flawlessly. And WWE has their vision, and it's like half of the time they can fucking hit the bullseye with their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And some other crazy shit happening to them. And like Vince's snorting coke off a clown's boner while he's throwing the dart backwards behind his head or some shit. But then 50% of the other time, it is like a blind man drunk at a bar trying to piss and falling in his own <laughs> piss. Because it's a total miss. We, we've honestly had like the strangest WrestleMania of all time is now in the books. Um, we have a world where we're pretty much down to just the main promotions putting out any sort of content. And just within the last 48 hours, we have WWE making mainstream like national news because suddenly as of Florida, professional wrestling is essential business. Read into that what you will. So we are, we're over politics. We're over all kinds of shit today. Yeah, that's a, a really impact show, actually. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange when you think that they were deemed essential. The question I obviously have is Jacksonville Jags, Tony Khan, they're in Florida. Does that now mean they can relocate themselves back into doing that and be essential as well? Is it you can't just say WWE wrestling only is essential now? You have mm -hmm. to say wrestling is essential. The actual wording on it was that any sporting event with, you know, their requisite uh, staff and film crews and whatever, as long as it's contained indoors and has no audience and has no crowds gathering, they're all considered essential at this point. So wrestling, baseball, hell, if UFC wants to get off Fight Island and do this, there you go. So you got to think Tony Khan is looking at Jacksonville already. I know Daly's place is probably out of the loop for them, but they've got to be trying to figure something out at this point. Now, AEW has uh, like six or seven, maybe even eight weeks of shows already taped in the can, so they don't have to do much. Yeah, like I was uh, actually listening or, or reading something about how um, a lot of different organizations uh, were involved uh, with – the city of Tampa and also the state of Florida officials and talking about 
what is essential, what needs to happen, events, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And actually, Vince McMahon was at these meetings too. You know, he he uh, he was there in person because they have their facilities there in Florida, and of course they were you know originally WrestleMania and everything. But it doesn't surprise me that he is attending these meetings because he does not want to suspend his business uh, at all. Uh, be, uh, and also, the reason why they were live right. this week is due to certain commitments that they have with USA Network and Fox to do only mm-hmm. so many taped programs per year. So they can, uh, you know, like, whereas, you know, AEW and TNT have a whole different dynamic in their own deal where they can pre-tape and TNT is like, whatever. Definitely. Uh, I do. I would like to think that USA Network and Fox would be okay with it, especially with what's going on. But, like, you know, the, the fact that they went, far enough to sit there and talk to and show um, their process. They were able to put, put on a show like WrestleMania and the weeks before without any major issue, as far as like there being any sort of uh, uh, health crises or people getting infected or anything like that. Even, even the performers are doing okay. Other than uh, I think there was one, mm-hmm. one employee who like, who is a roommate of somebody or like had a, so like, but nobody right. else, everybody is fine. It doesn't surprise me at all that Vince will be a part of that because he doesn't want that. Because look what happened to the XFL. It's not that the fact that the league itself was necessarily doomed from the start because they already had commitments for the next three years to try and establish a, 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 a television product. And even if numbers and, and a, a, like an attendance went down, then they were still okay for the next couple of years. But, but that wasn't the case then. Like The numbers were doing pretty decent for what they were managing, for the what they were thinking mm-hmm. for a launch. This failure, I didn't even hate the product. I liked it. Well, and and, and it really sucks. Right. It, it sucks, and it's unfortunate because like fate, if you will, has has ensured that the XFL will not be a thing ever. <laughs> and it is. We said no <laughs> once. God damn it! <laughs> but you know, Vince obviously is, is the, losing uh, a lot of money the with wild. The, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, but Vince is losing a lot of money not having uh, you know fans buy tickets and merchandise. So it's like you know the last thing that he wants to do is shut her down completely because then he's really losing money because then because the, then he's not having the advertising mm-hmm. revenue coming in. He's not having you know uh, he's not fulfilling like the television deals. So uh, you know I was seeing stuff about you know Linda McMahon's a part of the Super PAC and you know what. That is what it is. I really don't think that this had anything to do with that personally because the federal government's been kind of staying out of the state stuff almost ad nauseum here because it gets to a point where you're wanting the the federal government to do more in certain circumstances. And for better and worse, they're staying out of it. Right. Honestly, the uh, the other interesting thing about the XFL, when they released the statement going into bankruptcy or filing for bankruptcy yesterday... Uh, there was a note in there that says uh, contradicts something that Vince had said originally that the WWE would have nothing to do with the XFL. They would be two completely separate entities. WWE actually had a owning stock in the XFL, according to the listing yesterday. Yeah, they did. Which oh, yeah. uh, the stockholders are already a little bit annoyed about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that'll be another, that'll be another fire he has to put out on his own right. You know it. It is what it is, you know. He's going to put a ton out before he dies, that's for sure. Well, you know, like Nate said, it like I didn't even like for like what I saw of it, I really didn't hate the product. I thought it was a much better product than than what they delivered 20 years ago. And it you know, as far as like WWE Definitely. not being a part of it, uh, as far as their their physical presentation of it, it wasn't. It was only in the books. Right. And yeah, in in terms of the XFL, I think 
a lot of people are actually hoping that just like the last iteration of the XFL, there were things that the NFL kind of copied from them and used to their benefit in the NFL, like the sky cam and things like that, mm-hmm. that there's stuff that the XFL did that like the, the new kickoffs and the uh, extra points and things like that, or hell the, uh, going to the referee in the skybox for clarification on calls. Yes. That's I something love that a lot that. of people really like to see NFL start doing. So maybe we'll get a little bit of a, Mm-hmm. We'll probably we may see some of the XFL's legacy reaching into the NFL again. I mean that that would be an okay path for I think some of those but, guys too because welcome to you, you had a lot of football leagues so yeah turn into <laughs> football but it's it, I mean it, it is what it is. Listen, I I do want to mention for anybody watching or whatever we are experiencing like a little bit of lag so there may be some hiccups. You just get used to it. I will say also, Brandon, the fuck. And graphic looks dope. Oh, thanks. Oh my god, it is awesome. <laughs> I just saw. I like. I shared the thing, and oh, I didn't even look, look at it. it. And then I just went and clicked on it. And I was like, "Wow!" All right, put some so, steak on it. I've so, got it off. The, like, if you keep yes, watching, that is beautiful. Oh, hold on, wrong, wrong, wrong one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take us away for a second, and, and like that's the picture I found. Okay, I'm a, I'm watching the live stream yeah. now. For yeah, you'll see the like, pictures go away go for silent? a second. Yeah, you'll see the it's pictures gonna be like, go away yes, for a well, <laughs> Oh, you t- oh, there I went. Oh, there you went. There you went. Oh my God, we're all gone. It's awesome, dude. Man, that's cool. I love it. There's a story yes, of a guy named Brando really putting us back <laughs> on the screen right now. <laughs> that's exactly oh, what God. I thought of. It just hit me. Oh shit, that was good. <laughs> Oh, good lord! You so, know, buckles. Where do we even go talking from about here, the Brady man? Bunch now, uh, I'd say, I'd say honestly, let's start with the WrestleMania recap. Uh, run that down because I think that's something we can all jump into, and that can lead into the news. And then uh, we've got the uh, news for AEW, news for WWE, NXT, all of that. And then I've got uh, the something to watch. I've got a top ten, and we have a new segment debuting this week. So we have a very, very large, I'm very excited big show, for the new very, segment. very big show. I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm very really happy big, for it. I'm also excited evil. to give. Yes, very nice, very evil. <laughs> I'm also excited for the for the new segment because I really kind of stumbled the introduction to it last weekend or last show. So I'm finally able to give it the actual, like the the genesis of this segment. I can actually get into a little bit better this time through. So I'm very excited, but. Uh, Let's go ahead and cool, just start man. with the WrestleMania rundown. Uh, I've got the card sitting in front of me, Brando. I think you said you had the card. Sure, take well. it. Take the lead, bro. Yep. Um, so starting just with night one, uh, the the pre-show match was actually one I was more excited for and didn't really get enough time to go anywhere, sadly, mm-hmm. was uh, Cesaro versus Gulak. And they only got, what, maybe five Ooh. minutes, six, seven minutes, maybe? Five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even then, not a bad match. Uh, just not what it could have been and what a lot of people who had seen the the card really hoped for, especially on a pre-show when they're the only match in an hour-long pre-show. But, you know, it is what it is. I like that they're getting the Gulak character over a bit. Cesaro is still, you know, a blank slate, like he always seems to be. But uh, they're getting Gulak over because Gulak's apparently got a shitload of charisma that no one expected. Uh do you guys uh, any thoughts on that match in particular or just moving on from there? 
I actually didn't get to see the pre-show. We were getting everything set up at the house, and I think I misunderstood when WrestleMania started. I thought it started at 6. I think it actually started at 5 or some weird, confusing something or other. So I missed that whole pre-show and literally got right into, I think the first match was the women's tag match, right? Kabuki Warriors, Mm -hmm. Nikki Cross, uh, Alexa Bliss. Look at you with the continuity. Good job, man. <laughs> yeah, it was the, uh, the the women's tag match. I didn't even look. I don't even have the shit in front of me. I don't even <laughs> have the you. shit in front of me, man. That's that's real. I'm damn proud of baby bird flying away. Look at that. <laughs> I remembered something. God damn. <laughs> yeah, that was the, uh, the first official match was the Kabuki Warriors and... Uh, I think they're actually using the name of Bliss Cross Applesauce, which is hysterical in its own right. And, uh, and you know, not a bad oh, match. That might be the episode title. I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, hell. Um, right now, Asuka is honestly one of the better parts of the Empty Arena show. She's on been on a bit of a role like, with their commentary. With She's been on de- damn near every show they've done. And it's just fucking wonderful. And Nikki Cross is right up there with her. Mm-hmm. So the match was about what you'd expect. Uh, it was a little botchy at times. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Alexa Bliss threw a Twisted Bliss onto two people at once and may have landed on Nikki's head. <laughs> but uh, And Nikki somehow ripped her shirt open at one point and was just like running around in a sports bra, which was hilarious. But uh, honestly... And- honestly good match um i'm hoping that listen cross getting the win frees oscar up to do a little bit more now and god hope maybe Kyrie get a push but i doubt it well kairi has been in but, kind of a kind of yeah. a thing since she got injured she hasn't really been featured as much and and, and i think that maybe right. they might be protecting her but i thought these girls worked their asses off when uh when we you know when wrestlemania Definitely. started you know uh like I pretty much agree with you with the Cesaro and, and, and Gulak match. I'm like, I was entertained by it, but it also wasn't what it could have been. But no, this match made up for that. I thought these girls worked hard. And, you know, like like you were saying about Nikki Cross and how she's been very entertaining with these in- empty arena matches, one of the very first things, when they first did the first empty one, they did SmackDown, and then uh, Triple H was on commentary. And, the, you know, they, they were talking about the girls and and like and, and all the hard work they do, like what do you think about Nikki Cross? And he just brought up the fact that she's when he goes, well, she's trying to pump up the crowd. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about, about Nikki Cross. There's no crowd here. <laughs> she just <laughs> you slapping the thing, trying to get them all pumped up. But no, seriously, I, th- this match is like honestly better than what it yeah. really better than what I expected it to be. can't discount the fact that they're expected to go on the very first match that a lot of people didn't watch the Raws and SmackDowns prior Mania, so this is their first experience with the empty arena shit. They're not only the opening match of Mania, they're also the opening match a lot of people are seeing with no crowd. Yeah. So that's a that's a big responsibility for a hell of a lot of people, and they killed it. They really did. What do you think, um, Nate? Honestly, Nikki Cross might be my favorite thing in WWE. One of mine, too. Yeah. Nate, Nate uh, so what do you think about all yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, so a couple things about this match stand out to me. I think that the energy and the work rate that bliss and cross put out for not having a crowd, just the amount of like, they were the perfect. If you look at the entire night, everything. Okay. 
all the matches in night one. You could not have placed that in a better spot because it elevated the night. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can take this whole night seriously now because they're taking it seriously. And, you know, sure, it was a little strange. You go, oh, man, some of this I know for I, all of it was pre-taped, obviously. But, like, it just, you know, mm-hmm. for a minute you really felt that it was pre-taped. But then it kind of you kind of forgot all about that and just were enjoying the whole match and everything that was going on. And um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure there was a time and it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I'm pretty sure this happened at mania. Nikki cross, like ran over and smacked the announce table and Michael Cole, like ah, jumped back <laughs> a little bit or some shit. And I laughed so hard. I was like, damn, well, yeah, they just have the perfect chemistry well, uh, for those. Yeah. two. You, you and I talked about it on the last episode that, uh, Cole and Cross have great chemistry, and uh, she like terrorized him on commentary uh, last or the week prior on SmackDown. Like, was over there like hugging him and standing on the on the on the table and just screaming. And Cole actually going, "What is wrong with you? Seriously?" It, it's it's. Like, I think I even sent you the link of him like screaming at her. It's wonderful. So any continuance of that, I'm I'm 100 here for. Absolutely, and I feel like the sad Nikki thing is Cross they followed is... it with. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say they followed with a dud of a match in Corbin and and Elias next. Sadly, <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, you know, I think Nikki Cross is really this like the, the standout from Sanity that was in an NXT. Because, like, while Eric Young was oh, the yeah. guy that was kind of the vet that everybody was built around and he was bringing these dudes up, your, your, uh, mm-hmm. your big guy, Wolf and Dane, like, those guys are great and everything, and I don't want to discredit them. But, like, Nikki kind of ran the gamut and has got her own second wind as a character oh, absolutely. from being a crazy-ass character. And sometimes that's really hard to... to like reinvent look at Daphne she could only be one kind of fucking crazy you know (laughs) yeah throwing it way back there she's really done a hell of a job of she's done a hell of a job of like really being over the crowd with no matter what she's done and really she's even toned down the crazy somewhat on the main roster like she's not just you know sitting in a corner clutching her hair and screaming like she was in NXT which to an extent, I kind of yeah. miss, but at the same time, she's playing this a lot more comic now. Sure, sure, absolutely. I think that's an okay thing to have. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's um, like the, the the match that yeah, followed this. Like, yeah. I don't even want to spend time on it. Like, it was a raw match. No, it's it's nothing. It really is. It was a raw match. It I it was. They tried to give mm-hmm. it heat, and you. What's funny? Uh, neither one of these guys are necessarily bad. I know that uh, for a long time, Corbin was a joke on this podcast. In fact, I'm pretty sure that when we did the end of the year awards one year, mm-hmm. uh, when we when we named the worst wrestler of the year, uh, Baron Corbin was listed four times as a nominee. <laughs> he had a very high probability of winning that award, and he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of the four times was even his real name. Yeah, yeah I think was it nominated. Was. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is that since that time period, he has improved one thousandfold as a character. I feel like the best thing for him oh, to yeah. do was to cut his hair, 
and doing that interim GM shit. He, it made him it made him the focus of the show, and it gave him time mm-hmm. to do something unique and different for him. And to, instead of being the big, tall, I'm a lone wolf, it, it, it works better for him not being that. Right. And he's more than that. If you ever see him, like actual interviews with him, he's he's a really cool dude. Like, and, and it made me want to be invested into watching him grow, and he has grown. But this match was they gave this match more time than they gave Cesaro and, and and Gulak and I just felt like it it never really progressed into second gear the the thing with Corbin and Nate and I kind of talked about him a, a few weeks back actually uh he is gotten to the point where he's he's gotten a lot better in the ring and honestly has one of the most protected finishers in all of WWE right now yeah a great moveset. He's a good big guy. He works safe. Um, and he's good at portraying his character. But the two things he can't do, he still cannot talk well at all. And they don't give him lines that sound natural coming from him whatsoever. Um, like, he's also, he's damaged goods on because of the, the mm-hmm. long-running feud with, with Reigns. To the extent where it's like, we're just tired of seeing you. It's not the character. It's not your work. It's this we're, you're, we're, we've been oversaturated with Baron Corbin as the heel of all heels for way too long, it seems like. So he's, it's almost the, the dreaded like X Pot go away heat kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's a shame because he works hard. He's a hard worker and, and he does deserve a chance mm-hmm. to grow. And but maybe you know maybe absence would make the heart grow heart grow fonder. Maybe go away, learn a new hold. You know, like the old Jr. used to say, "Go away, I don't know, I'll go away and learn a new hold." Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, you know, they, you know, they gave him the king uh, gimmick to kind of help bolster him up from after the loss of the Reigns feud. Um, where he goes now, I don't know because it, it, a lot of people were thinking that Corbin was going to win this one and that he needed this win after that Reigns feud, but he didn't. Elias did get the right. victory here, so. Uh, but then again, it's like, does it really matter? Because the match literally, as much as they tried to make this no. have a lot of heat with them, like, oh, they he pushed Elias off a scout off of, not even scaffolding, it, like, like he just fell like off of a ledge, and it was like seven feet down. Whoosh! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Thank you for that. They made it have a sound effect uh. that Buckles pointed out to me. Just like there were sound effects when Taker and AJ were exchanging punches. They added punch noises. Well, okay. But you know what? That's okay. That's filmed to look like that. For the Boneyard, it almost makes sense. It's Because it's a production. It's like a movie. Yes. Okay. I I will let that slide. But. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But when you're supposed to be in like a live arena setting, like, you know, like, like, what do you do? Like, what do they do? Like in the ring when they hit somebody, they stomp their foot on the ground. I'm like, oh wow, that really hurt. You know, you know, it, it's it's like when when Oshawn Michaels would do the sweet chin music, he'd slap his thigh. You know, like oh man, oh, that yeah. really connected. You know, when, when you're on the, <laughs> it's like can you imagine if you were on the boat <laughs> in the boneyard match and he goes and he goes. <laughs> when he hit him, it's almost like was that Star Wars thing? <laughs> Is that the. Uh, the special effects guys kept getting mad because they kept went, they'd have to add the noise in, but like like a McGregor kept doing the vroom 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 
when he was filming his scenes. And they're like, stop doing that. You can't do that. You're like, we make that noise, not you. He tried to make it more realistic, it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about Elias Baron Corbin anymore. Yeah, it, like, it's dragging the no. show down. Um, next match is um, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler yeah. for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of people were very disappointed that that, that Baszler didn't get the win here. Uh, I, I'm not even... I, uh, personally, for me, it... It, That'd be me. It wasn't that she lost. Honestly, for me, that was the big deal. It was just how much of a lackluster of a match it was uh, compared to the next night's uh, Charlotte mm-hmm. and Rhea, which was just knockout dragout and got double the time. Uh, Becky and she, like they did their best to protect right. Shayna with the loss, and and you could tell a story with that loss, and that's fine as long as you're telling the story with it. I, don't, I, I I don't care who wins. As long as there's a story and there's a thread, you know, it's like, hey, let's do something. But I just kind of felt like after mm-hmm. after the women's tag kind of set the bar for the night, then you had Elias and King Corbin, which I wasn't really – my expectations weren't high for that anyways. But then coming into this one, my expectations were high, and I felt like the match that we got wasn't that great. <laughs> I can agree with that. Like they Baszler in her own right, she's gotten a lot better as a professional wrestler. She still has a lot of weaknesses in that her offense is extremely slow and she doesn't have good, even fights. She's, she is Brock Lesnar. She only has good matches when she's dominating. So putting her in an even match doesn't always go well. And then to me, the ending was deflating just because a, she lost, same way she's lost many times over, fucking uh, uh, Ember Moon beat her that way, like the same, like uh, the flip out of the uh, Kirifuda clutch. You should know that already. So it's like Kyrie Saint beat on her the that way too. For, uh, yeah, yes, she did. That's right. She and won her title that way. It was it was deflating to me because it seemed like a the Becky Lynch character is almost to the point of being stale. She's had the title for a full year and beaten everybody, literally everybody on the roster. So you bring up somebody who is got all the momentum in the world because she's had such a dominant run on NXT. You book her to be a fucking monster at the elimination chamber. And then you immediately beat her. And like, and not even just like not a dirty finish, not a, you know, fuck finish where the ref got hit, but, and all sense and purposes, a clean finish. What? Where, where's your, what's your plan for this? Like, where do you go from here? Are you going to have a rematch? She's already been beaten. Do you go? There's no one else for her to challenge. She's already beaten the piss out of Asuka for the last two pay-per-views. <clears throat> so you're going to call somebody else up and have them beat her too? Like, it's just, it's, it seemed like short-term sacrifice or long-term booking sacrifice for short-term gain. Again, Nate, do you have something to add? Because I do, but I'll let you talk first. I, I mean, it's it's pretty much dead on what Buckle said is that they 
they really shit the bet on this one. You know, it's really short-sighted. What does Becky do now? She's been over a year as champion. Are you trying to just set her up to be now the longest champ of all time in the in the women's division? Like, that's cool and everything, and I get it, but it's not, it's not the CM Punk run a few years ago where it was amazing, and every time we got a little further, it was like, is it going to be the end? You know, is somebody going to beat him? Because there was a little bit of a level of underdog, and I think that she so soundly beats everybody that it's like, Okay, one of two things happen. They resurrect fucking China from the grave to beat her ass, or they start putting her up against all the dudes and then have her just clear that division too, you know? Like, there are only really two options at this point. Okay, so I actually don't mind Becky winning because she didn't soundly defeat her at all. It was more of a shock victory. and Even if they've done that victory with Shayna before, it... It was the one of the first Becky victories since she's been champion for a year that has not been a sound victory. Um, sure. One reason to keep the belt on her in the time period is you, you, you've got to think about business, you know, going out. What does Shayna have to offer you versus what, what, what Becky does? Becky may be a little stale, but Becky's also a huge merchandise mover. Like, she is... Uh, from what I heard just a little while ago, literally in the top 10 for top earning superstars, like how much money she makes in a year. I believe that. Wow. And so there's a reason. I believe to, that. Easily, there's a yeah. reason to keep her on top. Now, does that mean that you cannot still rebuild Shayna from this? Absolutely, because you didn't soundly beat her. You can actually make her come back even more so and have her even more dangerous. And where she, where she doesn't where okay. where she puts the kid gloves off, and then what I would do if I were say, if they said Brando, you have the book for this. What would you do for for, for SummerSlam? I would make it to where you know you almost kind of fake the fans out. You almost think that Shayna's not going to come back and challenge again. You're just like, where'd she go? You know, and all of a sudden she comes out of nowhere and she's even more menacing, and then she beats Becky to death at SummerSlam, and, and it's almost like it's almost. Maybe not a like a page for page, but like that Brock Lesnar victory from John Cena a few years back. We were just like, holy 16, shit. Yeah, holy SummerSlam shit. 16. Right. And you're just like, what the hell? And of course, the fans would just be so, what See, the hell? That's honestly what I expected them to do at Mania. Like, that was uh, what I kind of expected like her to just come out. Because they'd had Becky acting so cocky leading up to the match. I thought they were just going to have Shayna come out and take her fucking lunch money. <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. All in all, though, it was just it, it was just a dis- like two disappointing well, matches in a row. Yeah. And for this one, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, for the next one, though, I absolutely loved it. Even though it wasn't the match I thought it was going to be, it makes total sense for for the character. Right. That's Sami Zayn defending the Intercontinental title Mm -hmm. against Daniel Bryan. And Sami Zayn is this chicken shit heel. Chicken shit heel right now who's got to have his buddies and his partner. He never wants to get involved physically. And even though Sami can go and we know he can go and Daniel can go and we know he can go, they told a different story. And it was, but it was a story I really enjoyed with Daniel slapping the piss out of him. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Even though maybe, maybe a gold old school ROH match would have been phenomenal to watch. That isn't what we got, but I still had a lot of fun with it. What'd you guys think? I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I enjoyed the hell out of it just because 
I know the backstage side of it is that Brian's kind of teasing his way into being a part-timer kind of like on his slope out kind of his victory lap as it were mm-hmm. and just working with the people he wants to work with and doing what he wants to do so just knowing that what the product we were getting is exactly what he was happy with and exactly what he wanted made made it for me um personally i love Sami Zayn just for the fact that he went from this the baby face of all baby faces at NXT when he was the heart and soul of everything you would want an underdog to be in somebody that is just this absolute shithead, just sleazebag idiot that like you, you hit it right on the head. You know, he can wrestle, you know, he can go, but just chooses not to it. And it's hysterical. I love it, man. You guys nailed it. I and don't again, really they have kept much- Gulak in it, which makes me even happier too. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I will say I love the new IC title. It's growing on me. You know what? When they first debuted it, I hated it. And then the more that I'm seeing it, the more I that still I, do. The more that the more that I see it, the more that I I see it's it's almost kind of reminds me of like one of the new Japan belts. Uh like not not with like the super stacked plates. But it gives me that vibe, and it's like, okay, I, I'm starting to dig it. It's not, it's not the best design for that title. Uh, in fact, it, if you put them all in a line in a row, I, I probably would pick that as like you know the last one. But I don't hate it anymore. Truthfully, I was never a big fan of it. Like from the moment it came out, I'm st- I still think it looks like a toy. It just it bothers me. I want the white belt back. <laughs> I mean, I loved that belt. It was nostalgic and cool and whatnot. And, you know, I like that. But I do like that we're moving into the future and we're getting new belts. We're supposed to be getting a new U.S. title at some point. We'll see if that actually debuts anytime ever because of all the crazy shit that's going on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I don't have much to add to this. What was next up on the card, you guys? Next one was actually one of my favorite matches on the whole weekend was Same. the uh, the fucked up tag team match was supposed to be the smack and uh tag team triple threat match ladder match that we got just one member from each team competing for the uh for the tag teams and uh it was wonderful because it was a ladder match and it was wonderful because all three of them went full out they did pull no punches they pulled no spots and they went balls to the wall and it was fucking great no, I oh yeah, there were some pretty crazy spots like, for sure. I absolutely agreed. They they worked their asses off for this match. Yeah. And they they pulled off some really cool spots that, you know, basically they this this match and also a couple other matches on this card is the literal definition of making chicken salad out of chicken shit. When you're given this situation, yes. when you're given a situation where you have where you can't have a full team, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they're like, "Well, Absolutely. what do we do? All right, well, let's just do a triple threat. You know, it's tag team singles, but they fucking worked their asses off, and I cannot applaud them enough. Morrison brought it, Jimmy brought it, Kofi brought it. They did so like. I didn't know what to expect going to it. I figured it would be a pretty, you know, you know, okay, Kofi, Morrison, uh, and Jimmy, they're, they're all good wrestlers. They, they they can all fly around and do some good spots. But they had mm-hmm. this thing worked out. They had it nice and well 
uh, plotted through what the, what, what their spots are going to be and where, and they really pulled it off. And just it, it, think about this: they were able to pull off a ladder match that kept us interested and entertained with no crowd interaction. Mm-hmm. There are hundred uh, percent. Yeah, there, there are a lot of times yeah. where matches feed off of that crowd interaction, and and when mm-hmm. we watch a match at mm-hmm. home. You know, a pretty decent match can come off as a complete shitty match if the crowd is just asleep. But then, like, right. a, an average match, if the crowd's super into it, we think it's great. You know, here, they didn't have any of that, and this match still brought it. So I have a question for you guys, a scenario question. Honestly, uh, it's been right. a, a little over... Oh, sure. Oh, so, so real quick... Uh, we have to think about a time where at some point in the future, and I don't know how far in the future this is, we will return to normal professional wrestling. There will be crowds allowed to gather to witness this thing we love as wrestling. If you are the WWE and there are events before, say, SummerSlam, before, say, whatever event they're going to eventually find their way into, if you get live Raws and SmackDowns with crowd, do you just take all the best shit you had at Mania that you wanted to have in front of a crowd like this triple threat match, like the KO Rollins match, some of these other big matches, and d- just do like a WrestleMania rewind? We're coming back. We're going to have the exact same kind of match that they're going to be doing their own thing now. Obviously, it's not going to be spot for spot. Obviously, it's going to be its own thing. But you you put the rematches on the first night back on Raw, first night back on SmackDown, and really say, like, this is what we really wanted to give you guys. I wouldn't. Same. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just because I think it's a it's a disservice. Yeah, it's a disservice to the work that they put into it. Uh, if you're going to take guys like this match that we're talking about, those three guys busted their ass and took some brutal spots on a ladder. It's a real disservice to tell them, well, you did good, but this is what we really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, and I think just let it stand on its own. Don't take the credit away where it's already due. Do something new. Now what I would, you don't need to try to succeed more on it. What I would do is focus on making SummerSlam basically the WrestleMania of the year as far as like spectacle. Whereas they oh, yeah. where they couldn't have spectacle oh, yeah. here and a lot of these matches would have been great in that live setting. Like utilize that SummerSlam show to have like mm-hmm. as big as you can go for for like for for whatever you're going right. to be doing uh, feud wise then. You know, like because we don't really know. I mean, we we can assume Edge will be on the card because he's going to be working like a handful of times per year. We can assume Rollins might be challenging, or or uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, whoever's the champs going in, if, if whoever's Drew's facing, who, who, whoever it is, you know, try and stack that card because that's exactly what I would do. So we talked about we talked about on the last show that I think that's where they're going to run uh, the first the f- final official. I should say the first official Bailey Sasha match in in uh, Sasha's hometown, biggest okay. stage possible. I think that's exactly what they're building towards there. Yeah, I don't know. It, like especially with Sasha possibly because, you know, um, coming out of it as, w- a, as like a baby face. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I do want to say one final thing about that that ladder match. It's been over a week now. I still cannot, for the life of me, figure out how the fuck John Morrison ran from one turnbuckle to the other, walking the ropes, and still hit a Spanish fly off of that. 
Dude. Uh, that he, motherfucker ain't human. <laughs> dude, he, he pulled the old Elix Skipper spot. Do you remember Unbelievable. Do you remember the Elix Skipper spot from TNA Lockdown? Yep. Off yes! the top of the stage. And it, like, yep. like, like, like he did that, but he did Still that. Still one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Oh, dude. But like, but the thing is, though, you know, like even though the height of the cage is a lot higher, um, you know, that that, mm-hmm. that was a six-sided, so there wasn't as, as long of a tightrope. Morrison tightrope walked the entire right. like like 20, 20 feet across there it was like yeah. boom and then and then he did it yeah like, he must Honestly, do slack uh, lining I'm, on the weekends. <laughs> I uh, Brandon, did you ever watch Lucha Underground? Yeah, I know Nate's not wasn't really big into it. Did you? I watched that show. Good. Gave me a huge appreciation for that dude. That show gave me a huge appreciation for John Morrison. Yeah. Oh, dude, um, he was great. I'm really excited for him to be back on, yeah. That dude is uh, worlds better than his first WWE run, and I am so stoked to see what, if they actually give him the range to go. Well, and it's interesting because I actually really, really like the fact, because, you know, when you have a roster the size of what they're working with, there's only so much room on it and only so many things that you can do mm-hmm. with everybody. Um so like like well like what do we do with John right now? We're kind of stacked. We like we don't want him to just sit around and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And the best thing you could do is tag him up with one of his best friends and have him have fun. Right. And it and it shows right. that they're having fun because that like definitely like those two have just such good chemistry. And even though you are kind of revisiting something that has been done already, like it works based on that. And then of course you can down the line if you want to give him a give him a sort of a push later on. You can, but. Like you start him off here, just like what they did with Drew. Bring him in, and like, it was like, it's like, why did they just tag him up with Dolph? It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's because like, he, there's so many, there's only so many spots at the top, and you don't want him to just go in there right. and then just get overlooked, and then next right. thing you know, he's just he's you know jerking the curtain. That was never in the plan for him. They're like, let's get him in a program. He's going to be around. He's going to be in the mix. That way, when we are ready to pull the trigger on him, he's already there and really ready to go, and we haven't tried to shotgun him to the front already. Yep. And it's it's kind of cool that they're pairing him up with Miz again because the Miz character now is so wildly different and better than it was when he originally ran with Morrison. Oh, exactly, yes. Like he's such a more rounded performer and better character now than he was however many years ago like 11 right it's been a long ass time oh, God. Um, something like that yeah and uh, we went from that match which was a great fucking you know show stealing match into Owens versus Rollins which really gave you the first Wrestlemania moment if you want to call it that of the whole show of the mm-hmm. of the of the Wrestlemania weekend really um Brenda, what's your take on the new Rollins character out of curiosity? You know, I really like it. I, I really do because it, it's, he's rolling with this, uh, heel persona. Finally, it, it, it it's almost like he resisted, mm-hmm. you know, at first, uh, I do kind of felt like he was dealt a bad hand, but he was also kind of being a jerk on Twitter. The fans started to turn on him and like, never is that more, yeah. you know, never is that more, you know, like, the, the thing is, is is that the fans are aware of what's happening outside of the squared circle a lot because the because that curtain has been pulled back like the moment the, the moment the fans turned on Roman reigns was when CM Punk told the story about how they wanted to protect him 
that was the moment they turned on. Mm-hmm. There was like that, and he was kind of that keep Roman strong. Yeah. yeah, and they were doing some hokey stuff with him at the time too. Like it was a it was like a one two. It was like the CM Punk story, and then suffering succotash. It's like two things back to back, and it and it like really put a damper on Roman for a long time, where fans were just booing him to boo him, just like they did with John Cena right. for so long. And then here's here's Rollins. The, he was a workhorse guy, they, and they loved him. And when he cashed in that money in the bank on. Or no, not uh, on Lesnar. They they loved it when he beat Roman. They loved it, and he was like, and then they then he beat Lesnar twice, and they loved it, and then they immediately put him in a feud mm-hmm. with the Fiend, which I felt was a bad thing because the Fiend was the new cupcake. He was the new flavor, you know. Not that they didn't like the other flavor. Maybe he was starting to sour a little bit, but the new flavor was really good, <laughs> and then you made a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Because what do you do? What do you do when you have the Fiend not being able to technically lose the feud? You've worked yourself into a corner, and you and you shouldn't have put them together so quickly. You should have had the Fiend move on to somebody else and slowly give him, work him up to that belt instead of saying, here, right. here, take it, because you have to take it now. Because right. if we don't give it to you, we've totally botched your, your build. But... Since then, since they've turned Rollins full heel and he's he's embraced it, I think he's doing some of his best work on the mic. Definitely, Nate. Absolutely agree. Um, his uh, yeah. Oh, I was gonna let Buckles finish, but yeah, no. Uh, I love the the fact that Rollins has been fortunate enough to reinvent himself a lot. He does have the ability and way to work himself from a good guy to a bad guy and back and forth. I will say for a time, it was really, really hard for me to fall into the liking of the Monday Night Messiah because it coincided with the whole like he and Becky are together thing. And they kind of blew that up on WWE television Mm -hmm. and railroaded everything together Mm -hmm. in this weird hodgepodge where you like had both of them being champions in this it just I, I didn't like it. That was their choice, whatever. I digress. But like, honestly, this match was hot shit lightning the whole time. Uh, really going for it. I heard that apparently KO's original plan was to jump off the fucking pirate ship at Raymond James. Yeah, that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> that motherfucker is going to I'm here die. for it. Uh- Well, you know what? The as weird as it might sound, the empty arena made that match a little bit better because when he came off the sign and went through that table, they were able to get camera angles they might not have been able to get otherwise. And yeah. the sound that they got from it made that spot sound so much harder. Crush and really the the thing that the thing that oh yeah, Rollins sold the shit out of that too. But what people don't seem to think of, everybody knows, oh, somebody's coming off that high of a height. Who, who do you see somebody coming off that, that, that height? You think of Jeff Hardy, you think of Shane, most likely. Neither of those guys are huge. Both of them, Jeff probably weighs maybe, maybe 200, maybe 205. Shane's probably right around there. He's got a little bit more dad bod to him, so probably a little more. KO is almost legit 300. Yeah, three hundred coming off that height—that makes 
a boom. <laughs> I will say that was not as that was not the uh, biggest uh I love, spot I he's love taken at Mania it. though. When he went off the cell, that was a bigger drop, I'm pretty sure. No, he did come off Yeah. He did come off the uh he did come off the top of the cell or off the side of the cell, I think it was. Yeah, it was pretty brutal crunch. Um I do like that the uh, the way they ended the match, they had the DQ finish, and he basically just calls out Rollins until Rollins comes back and gives him the second match or the, the restart just to lose it. I think that was pretty a nice twist on the story a little bit. Um, and really, they're even... I'm liking what they're doing coming out of the match more than I liked what they did going in. Um, I don't know if you caught Raw last night specifically. Um, he's Nair. leaning even more into the Jesus thing than he did going in. Because uh, it's Easter. Um, he was resurrected. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's Easter. Yeah. Seriously, he actually made the comment last night on the Raw. <laughs> I was crucified. Now I am resurrected. Oh, shit. <laughs> and... All I keep, I, all I can think of, the whole way through, all I can think of is, God, Vince is just rehashing his feud with God. That's all this is. <laughs> They're going to have him fight God at some point again. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Will that match happen after he dies, yeah. and they'll just have an empty arena, and, empty ring yeah. match? <laughs> <laughs> it's Vince versus God, and there's no one in the ring. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> You see Rollins. You see Rollins. He, he he's standing there. All of a sudden, he just reacts like he gets hit, and then he just like flips himself over and slams himself. <laughs> he's he's selling it. Oh, 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 it's like, oh. He's like God just came and got got revenge on me for being the Antichrist. Oh. oh. Have either of you seen on the in, any independent wrestling show someone fighting the Invisible Man? <laughs> no, because it's happened. The Invisible Man has won matches. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, I think it was Joey Janela's Spring Break too. They have a big Rumble match. The Invisible Man wins the Rumble match <laughs> by choke slamming people. It's one. I think they may have actually. I I need to go back and rewatch it. I need to go back and rewatch it. They call uh, they have the uh, the rumble on the Janela Spring Breaks. He calls them the clusterfuck matches because they absolutely are. Um, favorite moment in any of them, I've mentioned it before, is uh, Chris Dickinson coming out to, I think it was Eye of the Tiger in a pair of Zubas smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, they actually had uh, the Invisible Man fighting vacant. Vacant. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Buckles, I know I hooked you up with a lot of the JIW login stuff, but the the Google account for JIW, his first name is Vacant, and the last name is Villain. His name is Vacant Villain. Um, and Nate... <laughs> Nate, long time ago, do you remember the evil architect? Bill Ding! Bill Ding. (laughs) (laughs) And the dandy, the return of the dandy! (laughs) And 
And so you're Chikara now, huh? And and then you had you had the <laughs> the evil ar- uh the evil archaeologist artifact and his tag team <laughs> and his tag team partner Doug Hole. <laughs> yeah. Wrong Doug, Brando. I'm wrong you Doug. At some point, both of you guys. At some point, you guys are going to have to watch Chikara because they've leaned into that kind of shit for the longest of times, uh, including right now. There's a guy that wrestles in, uh, I believe it is a white, like full body suit with a white luchador mask that's just spackled with paint. And it's, it's supposed to be Art Nouveau. He is named Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Um, there is a wrestler who wrestles in, again, all white and is just known as Blank. Um, that is uh, actually Chikara. You, Nate, you've talked about uh, uh, Gentleman Jervis. That's where he yes. came from. <laughs> Gentleman Jervis Chikara is, is wonderful. And they are they are kayfabe on acid. I... Chikara is k- kayfabe on acid. And I love him to death. I would love to actually, see Cesaro like... used to do a ton of shit with them. I would love to see a tag team. Which is like the green dude and the red dude from the old SmackDown games when you would be setting move sets. So, so they would just be, you'd have just a, a dude in a full green suit, a dude in a full red suit. Oh, yeah, the full morph suit. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I have a yeah, full black morph suit. Uh, I used to have, I don't know if you can see back behind me on the, on my, over my shoulder here. There's a green hat, my Riddler hat. Yeah. I actually oh, did a Frank Gorshin yeah. Riddler with the full green morph suit. Nice. I'll have to send you a picture of it sometime, mate. Point of fact, actually, I believe I can hook that up here. Um, yeah, you guys need to check out Chikara at some point just for the fact that it will. It, it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely fantastic. So after after KO crucified Rollins, where did we go? I forget because I'm all over the place now. <laughs> um, then we have. Uh, let's see how how long this recap takes. It might take longer than the match. Braun versus Goldberg. <laughs> I quit. Uh, hey, uh, so WWE. Me. That's great. Here. Let, let me let me just uh, I'm going to throw out my two cents here real quick. I'm going to say what I say. I think Goldberg proved how much of a shitty person he is this past week, essentially coming out and saying I couldn't lose to the mm-hmm. fiend because it would hurt my 54 year old dumbass's image and ruin my career, whatever that means, because I'm losing to a monster and I need to be a good guy that's dumb as shit because then you just lost to another mm-hmm. monster and braun Strowman, yeah. the monster among men his name says monster among <clears throat> men and you didn't want to lose to a literal monster how dumb are you goldberg i hate you this is just more goldberg shit it's ko all over again and then here we are he got what he deserved i like that braun wins I think it's dumb, though that we're anointing braun right now when he went from super over to just fucking puny fire you know yeah. smoldering fire not raging fire so i <laughs> i heard no that, they yeah i heard that that bray actually got a lot of points backstage because yeah the the whole news about goldberg pushing to win 
and then to work with Roman because that was the plan, you know, to work with Roman. You know, that was the plan that for Mania and, right. and and I guess Goldberg was pushing one to beat Bray and then, you know, so that way he could put Roman over. Uh, so on one hand, I kind of get it. On the other hand, uh, you know, when they were kind of like in a pickle, they're saying, well, you know, uh, what do we do here? And like, Bray, what do you feel about losing to Goldberg? And apparently Bray was like, okay. He didn't fight it. He didn't say anything about that. And right. um, because of that, because Bray went through with it and wasn't basically, you know, they, you know, he's a champ. He could, you know, they asked him, like, what do you feel about putting Goldberg over? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, we're thinking about putting you with Cena. You know, I'm sure that Bray's like, well, okay, well, if that's what you guys want, like, I'm game, you know, I'm I, like, Bray's a team player. And I think after that, his stock has gone up tenfold. Uh, and I think that that shows. I'd with, agree with that. That shows with what they did with him on night two, uh, which we'll get to. <clears throat> but for this match. I'd agree. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it, call a spade a spade. It is what it is. You knew going in that there was no chance in hell of Goldberg walking out with the belt as soon as they, as True. soon as they announced who it was against, because for one, you know, damn well that Goldberg can't get Braun up for a, for a jackhammer fact. He couldn't get Taker <laughs> up. <laughs> I never thought about um, that. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he, no, no, I, I mentioned in the, I think I was on actually on Twitter while we were watching the match that, Hey, this is great. We're doing this in an empty arena. You're going to be able to hear Bro- uh, Goldberg get gassed in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> and <laughs> like, and literally, there was what three moves the entire match? There was spear, uh, power slam, and maybe a punch, if that. If that. But the story of the match to me had nothing to do with the match itself. The story of the match had to do everything with the fact that they didn't give, or the, we mentioned that the, it was supposed to be Goldberg and, and, and uh, uh, Roman. Mm-hmm. And they, they promoted that match all the way up until the SmackDown before the night before, literally the Friday before WrestleMania yeah. the night before the show, they were still promoting it. And then on SmackDown, they finally said, Oh hey, it's going to be versus Braun now. They offered no explanation of why Roman was out, not even a word. They just, hey, we changed the match. Hi. So <laughs> hard it. subject to change. It's, it's it hard was, subject to change, you guys. I'm not going to see insulting. So, <laughs> what was the last time you saw a WrestleMania card subject to change, though? So here's here's the interesting thing, I, and I want to uh, know whether or not it was actually WWE's call not to mention but notice one thing that they have never said on live television the word coronavirus and the words covid-19 now the, here, here's oh, no, the thing no no it's it's current circumstances now see cuz here's the thing google right now if you make a youtube video and you say the word coronavirus your video is flagged possibly taken down and you lose monetary and you could lose your channel um you are not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to like, really, you have to say redacted. You have to find way. Yes. No, it is like, they want nothing to do with that because of uh, how people, um, 
can't, you know, if you can freely create content and create your own, you can say whatever you want right. on YouTube to an extent. Uh, their bots are, have that word, COVID and COVID-19 and coronavirus, they have been flagged words by the AI because they want to mitigate um, out, outrageous people talking. And because of that, the other people have been infected. And so I wonder if not just Google, but other things have affected WWE's reasoning of, you know, due to circumstances. Like, so was it better? Like, okay, if we bring it up, on one hand, it's like we have to acknowledge the fact that this thing is affecting our business. If we don't bring it up, it looks like shit because we're just announcing at the last minute, but at least we don't have to explain it. And it was going to be a shit match anyway. Right. Uh, I think... there, there's some truth to that. I think you you might be getting a little closer to it than even you might think. Um, the circumstances leading up to it, um, Roman pulled out like I want to say maybe a week prior, or two, a week and a half prior, mm-hmm. and there was no mention of it on any of WWE's media, nothing like that. And then the first thing that was said regarding it at all came from Roman himself. Yeah. On I think it was Instagram saying, "Yeah, I I pulled out, yep. like I'm I backed out of this match," and maybe they looked at that as him. If, okay, he said it. We don't have to. He he was so pissed. maybe that freed them up to do it. My contention was that you can still you know. Oh yeah, and under and if the rumor is true that it was because someone showed up to those tapings sick, Miz. I don't blame him. Miz showed up to the tapings sick. Well, Miz, yeah, name is fade a spade. Miz. Okay, so yeah. that's not what I was referring to him being pissed about. He was being pissed about, apparently there were fans calling him out, calling him a pussy for pulling out of the match. Right. And how could you do that to WrestleMania? Right. And then he is like, I've battled leukemia twice and won. And I've within got Within the calendar year. Yeah. It like, yeah. Mo- and the most recent one is within the, is within the last year. And he goes, and I've got little girls at home to think about. I've got a family. You know, who the hell are you guys? Right. To, you know. Right. To to BS me about pulling out. No, I, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like, okay, like, uh, as far as I'm aware, Miz. He's got two little girls he's never pulled out, damn it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so, like, as far as I'm aware, Miz, Miz does not have COVID-19. Uh, no, but he had the flu. Right, right. You know, it. it and I, I, I kind of understand that, you know, he, he should have, yeah, he should have stayed home. Uh, but it's also in a very, these are unique circumstances. And I'm not saying that, like, like, I'm just saying if I were, if I were the Miz in my position with the company and it was like, well, what do I do? Because we haven't been in this situation ever in our lifetime. And, and it's like. Like, well, you know, I don't like mate. That's that's completely fair. Yeah. You know, it, it was he wrong? Yeah. But was like, is it slightly defendable in a way for him? And, and I kind of feel bad for him for getting heat for it if he did. Yeah. Because it's like, what do we do? It's like right now I'm dealing with a situation where I'm out of work for the next three weeks and I got to figure out what to do with my car situation because I have to I automatic deducted out of my pay, I got my paychecks and. I'm not going to be getting those anymore uh, for another like week or you know, three. You know, I, I get, what do I do? And I don't know who to call. I, I don't know. Not who, Ghostbusters. Well, 
I've dealt with the leasing company. No. I yeah. I've dealt with them and they had no idea that the company that I worked for existed. And they make the cars. <laughs> so Oh, that's how screwed that's up our good system look. is. So what am I supposed to do? I I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But you know, no, like- I completely give Roman a pass for this. You know, do do what you got to do with your, anybody that pulled out. You know, if, if Miss heck, if Miss couldn't be there because there because there was too much, like right, whatever, no, I, absolutely. You know, same thing with uh, uh, Andrade pulled out, and, and I can't remember why he did, but like, was it some like an injury? But dude, like, I I ain't mad at anybody. He for he was there. legitimately injured. Okay, yeah, he was yeah. legitimately injured. Yeah. No, my. My contention with with him pulling out and them not mentioning it all wasn't so much that they didn't acknowledge that it was COVID or he, they didn't acknowledge the disease or anything. It was that they offered no explanation whatsoever. You are you are WWE. You've written people off in dumber ways before. <laughs> yeah, Fuck, you- have somebody hit him with a car. <laughs> oh my again. God! He <laughs> survived leukemia. Now he's been hit with it's a car. Than- <laughs> it, it, dude, and Kishi's family too. So it's like, but yeah, like <laughs> he's the Usos. Yeah. He's the Usos' dad. He's his uncle. It's totally had- Jimmy and Day driving together. Fuck. You know how 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 difficult would have it have been to film? How many times have we seen them show an image of ex wrestler laying in the parking lot? Somebody beat him down. Who who did it? And then you don't find out for another three months. They could have easily pulled something like that. Yeah, we never did figure out who the fuck beat up Hideo Itami. It'll never be it'll, it'll never be known. No, no, but. Something like that. They could beat have him bad enough. Show. He went to another You're company. Scott free. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he went back to Japan. <laughs> now, um, how hard would it have been to how, how hard would it have been to have somebody lay him out? Braun win the title after he gets his title shot out of it. Roman comes back in three months, and you find that Braun was the one that kicked his ass. Uh, oh, see, done. that's clever storytelling. But also, how much of that was already pre-shot and put it, it together? Be, yeah. And how much were they were. A, were they able to film anything? Maybe they weren't able to do that. Maybe Roman had already gone home and he's like, I'm not coming back. Could That's be entirely possible. I'm Footage just missing. They, <laughs> I'm not saying that that is the absolute way they, it's not the absolute way they could have done it. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's one option they would have had. They could have offered us anything. That's the point. They didn't bother to give us anything. Roman missed his flight. <laughs> like I, it, I don't, I don't mind them not telling me it's Corona. I don't mind them saying that what happened, but they didn't, they didn't give any explanation whatsoever, or how Braun magically got the shot. Hey, who's not doing anything? Oh, that uh, guy. When should we? Yeah. What should we do? Did you hear who well, they? Almost... We should have given him the title. <laughs> Did you hear who they almost gave gave the shot to? No, Jeff Hardy. I'd have been down for that. I'd have liked that. That would have been wild to see Jeff Hardy beat Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't have made any goddamn sense, but at the same time, (laughs) it would have been incredible, and I would have just been like, I think I'm for this. Okay, let's do it. Well, I mean, mean, you're saying like anything that Goldberg has done since that first match with with Lesnar has made any damn sense. Like, Uh, fair, fair. So, like, it would have fit right in. Uh, 
Up next, though, yeah. we've been we have well, we, you were right, Buckles. We talked about that for way longer than the match actually went because the match only went for two minutes. <laughs> I honestly, I just I just had this this complete adult ADHD moment and the horrible I'm going to hell joke where it's like well, Jeff wouldn't have pulled out of the show because God knows he probably already has the vaccine somewhere in his blood. Ah, oh, <laughs> shit. The, the man's like Keith Richards. Like, <laughs> Oh God! Last match on the uh, of night the one thing is we can, we can as weird was the match of the weekend, really? No, no, the Boneyard. Yeah, like it was so good, and you know what? This is the second example yeah. of chicken salad right here. This is chicken oh, salad absolutely. because this match would have been a pretty good match in front of the crowd. But it kind of would have been a standard fare because dude, you know, Taker's kind of limited and it, like he's fifty six. You know, he Stiles, can only do so much. You know, Styles would have worked around him. He would have bumped for him. It, it would have been fine. It would have been, you know, it would have been a good match and a good moment. Especially, especially, can you imagine that big dome or not dome? I'm sorry, but that big, uh, you know, stadium with the motorcycle. Yeah, that would have been a moment right there. The you know the return of the return of the badass. You know. Oh yeah. You know, like especially with that long. Oh, yeah. You know, one mile like stretch of ramp where you could have, you know, just like he did at uh, at Mania seventeen and at nineteen, just <laughs> nineteen, yeah, you know, just let her rip. And, and then, ooh, ooh. and then the, the other thing, man, this is this is still Florida, but they probably it would have been long enough. They would have had to have had a stoplight halfway down the ramp anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, the way they the way they did it was really good because essentially it's a buried alive match. Uh, but 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 they did it. They they shot it on location, um, and and it was like pretty much. Uh, I described location Baker's house. Yeah. I I described it as mm-hmm. boiler room brawl meets final deletion, and but then you had like the moment where Baker's yep. riding up on the bike with Metallica blaring. This is the the third time, oh, yeah. the third time in a Taker match at Mania where Metallica has been involved. Uh, so that's that's killer. But not only that, but the song they chose was "Now That We're Dead," which I love. That we're dead. I, I yes. love it. I love it. Like I, as soon as the fucking note, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> like, Me too. I I marked out for Metallica so hard during that. That was and, awesome. And you know he pulls up, and I loved the new character where it's it's like he's got aspects of the badass he's got aspects of the dead man where he still does like the little like weird mm-hmm. like magic tricks that he does and the but yet the way that he's moving and talking yeah. it's more personal like he's he's blending into this mark like bring a mark into it a little bit and you know it's like i liked it and i'm like this is a great version of this character that doesn't have to be you know, he this version of the of the Taker doesn't have to live up to the vision that we have of the old hat wearing, trench coat wearing, like immortal Undertaker. You know, you can you can mortalize. What do you think him. of this old right. man now, Alan? Uh, yeah, yes, I I love their back uh, and forth. Oh my, yeah, loved it. This match was so entertaining. I was, yeah, I was gonna get to that. I was gonna. The fact that you could hear him talking shit the whole time made that match so much better. Um. The whole like, I was I was I was I enjoyed it well enough until that where it kicked into high gear to where I was immediately sold on everything. 
when he finally got the upper hand on AJ and was getting ready to throw him into the, the grave and AJ's don't bury me. Don't bury me. Taker leans in real close. He goes, what's my wife's name? Yes. Just after that whole bill, just Hey, what's my wife's name now? Can, can you tell me that? How old am I now, bitch? And it was just like, Oh, thank you. God, you have made this so much better. And, I, I would honestly, this is the perfect way to preserve him for another couple of years. They can do matches like this for two, three more years, and he'll never lose a step. Did you guys hear the rumor? Uh-uh. Um, Next year? Mm-hmm. Now, this is rumor. This is fucking rumor and, and innuendo as wide as you can make it. This is like, this. Uh, in, in fact... The, the fact that it's I'm a Defcon level 10 rumor and the fact that I'm this excited means it's not going to happen, but this is the way th- I this, think I know where you're going. This style of match is the best way to I make it happen. Going. Sting. I heard the rumor about sting. Holy yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Cause you can do, you can take your time, work the spots you want, get the shots you need, mm-hmm. do it exactly how mm-hmm. you're doing it, tell the story you want to tell, protect both guys. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining. There was there was something that uh, it kind of dawned after the match ended uh, while I was reading some of the reviews, uh, after night two, actually, when I, I know we're going to get to the Firefly Funhouse after this, but both nights had that cinematic type of match. And the first time really WWE has done that seriously and done it intentionally without being just a dumb gimmick. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a tweet from Matt Hardy uh, talking about how he, he giving him so much credit for it. He was so proud of everything. And I got to thinking about it and Hardy absolutely deserves credit for it. Absolutely does. But there's two names that, um, <laughs> that come up in my head that aren't getting any credit for it. That absolutely should be. And that's Krista Joseph and Jeremy Borash. Yes. Yes. Both of those guys, uh, Jeremy Borash came over from TNA Mm -hmm. was one of the uh, producers that helped Hardy come up with all the broken stuff and shoot all the, like the final deletion and all that. Do you know who Krista Joseph is? He is, um, um, no, no, fuck. I I was confusing with somebody else. <laughs> he was, he was. It's all right. It's all right. He was the he was the brain behind Lucha Underground. Oh, you you you. Which, you if funny? you remember, did a lot. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so w- when you were talking about who needs to be thanked, I thought Lucha. I'm like Lucha because I remember seeing that stuff on Lucha. I didn't. Re- yeah. I, I I didn't recognize the name. But you know what's funny Absolutely. is that. The the teams that shot the Firefly the team that fu- that that shot the Firefly Funhouse, uh, Firefly Funhouse was mm-hmm. the main you know the main WWE team, but the NXT team shot the Boneyard match. Jeremy Borash works with the right. NXT team, so he's already had a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, experience putting together right. this kind of match, and so you can bet your ass that he was involved with this at right. least at least somewhat, <clears throat> but. No, it works. Right. It and also, uh, it, like it was Taker's idea. I guess they found a hand, like a like a mannequin hand, and, and it was his idea to put the yep, glove I did on it. Hear that? Yeah. And have his have, have have AJ's hand sticking up, just like his hand came out of the ground at the first buried alive against against man against mankind all those years ago. You know, to kind of oh copy yeah, that. and then 
so that brought it into night one. And I mean, you know, we had a little bit of like, you know, like a, a couple of missteps here, but overall, like I was so impressed. Like I was actually like, you know, not knowing what to expect Definitely. going into 9-1, but then going into night two, I was super impressed because of the matches that we had left were like some of the ones I was looking forward to the most. The going into night two after night one, after seeing the Boneyard match, I was concerned about the Firefly Funhouse going in. After watching the Boneyard match, I'm sold. I'm, I'm all there. If you can do half of what you just did with Bray now, sign me the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Well, we'll get to the Firefly Funhouse match right. a little bit, but there are other wrestlers that you could do that same kind of thing with their career and tell interesting stories with Bray's career mm -hmm. and interwove. I think about who they're going to put him in a feud with mm -hmm. next. It seems that could be super interesting because there are levels of Braun Strowman to uncover and unpeel. Yeah. Um, They've already teased some of it too. Yeah. Night one. I want to say this really quickly. Night one was one of those things. And I think I texted you this buckles. I said, you know, they have a really delicate balance because if they don't deliver on night one, People aren't coming back for night two, and I don't care what matches are left. If they don't give us something that we're like, yes, sunk our teeth in. We enjoy Absolutely this. Right. This is the new kind of wrestling, right. you know. Uh, so they did that. They did that very well, but then they also did the really smart thing of putting some of the matches they knew people mm -hmm. desperately needed to see, Edge, Randy Orton, on mm -hmm. night two. So you're like, fuck, I got to still watch it anyways, even if this does suck. But right. then it ended up turning up really nicely, right. and you're like, Okay, okay. I'm I was jazzed for day two of WrestleMania this year. I'm not gonna pretend. Um yeah, and really and day two really delivered in its own right as well. Um we actually started day two with uh, the pre show again was uh Liv Morgan and Italia, which I mean it's a SmackDown match that could have been aired on any random Friday. Or not a whole hell of a lot there. It's nice that they gave Liv a win, but I'm not a huge Liv Morgan fan, to be completely honest with you. I've not been... She got called up way too early for me. But, I mean, it is what it is. Honestly, there wasn't really much there. Do you guys have any thoughts on the two of that, on that, that match? I missed it. Hold on, I'm just real. I'm just realizing that Dick blew up our entire chat this whole time. <laughs> Near the beginning, it was like an what? hour and a half of stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I didn't realize that. Sorry. Well, it, like it, it was at the beginning when we were talking, uh, talking about uh, like the football stuff, and then when oh, the first okay. early part part of the show, uh, because he said, "Make a meme for JIW." That's the Water Boys mom that says, "Journey into foosball is the devil." <laughs> <laughs> love you dick thank you i love that hell yeah so back to what you were talking about buckles let's get into it what were you saying now before i got all off track and fucked up you're fine any thoughts on live and natalia it really wasn't much <clears throat> of anything to me so not much to say really it is a it is a warm-up match obviously probably something they filmed yeah. just to have and they were like yeah put it on wrestlemania it'll be good it'll be fine you know we can use it whatever yeah uh but nah, it was okay it, yeah but then you start the show off in earnest with a fucking banger between rhea ripley and charlotte and uh 
I'm not going to, I'll be completely honest. The weather outside was really nice. So I'm in my apartment. I had my door open, my windows open. I've got a nice big TV. I've got a nice big sound bar. And I have to wonder if the people walking around outside on the sidewalk are hearing what sounds like really, really angry lesbian porn going on on my TV. (laughs) (laughs) Rhea screamed that entire match. Wow. Oh, that was the the selling there is top notch. But my God, Rhea just screamed her ass off the entire match. Oh, man. Uh, no. And really, I mean, hell of a match. In yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't know if uh, something's happening on your guys' end. I think I just lost Brando maybe or maybe not. Nope, he's back now. Okay. We're I was good. reading something. Uh, it's okay. It, you just look like very frozen in place. It was very perfectly <laughs> timed. But anyways. Uh, yeah, it looked frozen for a second. Great match. Fight. Uh, I don't like the finish. I think they just literally once again shit the bed on somebody's comeuppance and opportunity to really have uh, notoriety in their build. And when you pull the build out from under a star like Rhea, I mean, maybe I feel like Brandon's finger went up because he's going to be like, yeah, but exactly what they did with Shayna is exactly what they should fucking do here. Okay, so he's saying no, no, no. So tell me, Brando, what's your thoughts on this? Apparently, she has a problem with her work visa, and due to the coronavirus, it's going to be a while before she might be able to go come back to work in the in the United States. So one of the reasons why they put Charlotte over was the one because of the situation where they're not going to have a women's champion on the NXT brand for who knows how long, and number two, that the NXT brand could use a nice big push like Charlotte Flair to help them with their head-to-head rivalry against AEW. So. It's twofold. Number one, uh, num- number one, you have hate- you have Rhea lose. Eh, okay, but it's if both of those things are true, I understand it. And also, Rhea wore her Vegeta outfit, and Vegeta always loses. Ah, she did. Should have seen it coming. Um, <laughs> I will say this. I hate to tell you this, but uh, half of that's already been debunked. Has it? Um, Rhea actually, yeah, Rhea actually uh, commented the next day with a video of her like in Florida. She's like, I'm. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. She's home with her boyfriend and her dogs. Oh, well in Florida. So, but I know, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head with the AEW comment. I think that is 1000% what exactly happened. And I mean, well, that was, I don't think it hurts Rhea. And I'll be honest because the match was unlike with Shayna, where you were like, that wasn't a very good match. I I think the opposite here, I, you know, there was once a saying from Bret Hart that said, you know, he, if he was going to lose, you were going to remember it. And he was going to get, that's over, fair. He was going to get more over in losing than you were in winning. And, uh, the prime example of that is the British Bulldogs, 1992 SummerSlam Bulldog thought that was his crowning moment. That was Brett's crowning moment because, like, three weeks later, he was WWE champion. Like, True. I mean, it, and, and quite literally, whenever Brett lost, you always remembered his loss uh, because he made it work. Like, and, and, and I think Reed did the same thing here. I'm, I'm kind of of two minds about the ending or about them putting the title on, on Charlotte specifically. One, I don't like it because I am fucking sick and tired of Charlotte, but 
really I'm, I'm more annoyed that they built uh, Rhea up through the Survivor Series. They had her doing great stuff there. They made her a big deal on NXT. She gets the big win over Shayna, which is a huge deal. And her championship reign only lasted like three, four weeks, maybe a month, month and a half tops. It's that they just felt like it was very soon to cut her down. Not so much that they're they're stopping a push, but they had already pushed her and then just dropped it like a like a hot potato. Well, um, and I guess the fact that pushed her ass off a cliff. Well, I mean, right. and I guess whether or not you're considering the push lost, it's it's going to be determined in, in in the next coming uh, weeks and months on television because True. because you can not have True. a title and still be pushed as a top your star and obviously she wasn't involved in that th- in that ladder yeah. match for the number one contendership but um whereas not now but i mean the the single fact that she was in the opening match yeah. of night two tore it the hell down if just by even if it was by losing she has cemented herself right. into, into wrestling fans memory and she will not be forgotten, even if that push, mm-hmm. say it doesn't come in the WWE, may, maybe she doesn't. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe they fumble another one. She will not fumble her own career if she leaves the company, because she 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 stood she stood and, and she can, she can make a foundation out of this loss. That's very fair. Um, I think it's a really good, bright way to look yeah. at it though, too. Yeah, and really. I, assuming that the motivation was to push Charlotte onto NXT to give NXT a boost over AEW because they've been losing in the ratings. A, I think it's kind of short sighted because Charlotte's not exactly. I I hate the draw argument because at this point nobody's a fucking draw anymore, anyway. But the numbers that she's done on NXT during the build where she showed up and she was advertised on NXT didn't move the needle at all either. So I don't know that it's really going to help ratings that much to begin with. The silver lining being that there's a whole roster of women in NXT. They're all great that we haven't seen have matches with Charlotte. That that's a lot of really good matches we can see coming up. Yes. And you know what? Um, they can young, hungry talent. And you know what? That yeah. will actually do better for them because you have a, a gal in Charlotte mm-hmm. that is seasoned, has been to the top, has main evented a WrestleMania. And could help these girls become even better. Definitely. The only, the only real kind of concern I have right off the bat, I hate this to sound dumb, but um, they had that number one contenders uh, ladder match uh, this past week, and uh, Io Shirai won it. Mm-hmm. And part of me is going, "Oh man, Io Shirai and Charlotte—that's going to be a great fucking match." And I went, "Wait a second, who's the face here?" <laughs> because don't don't even try push me on Charlotte being a face right now because she not maybe and the Io maybe the, is the feud is not a face either. maybe the feud is who's more evil and who's more of a shithead then that's just the feud is like who's more bad <laughs> like I'm more badder you dumbass who's the baddest bad? bitch on the planet I mean I'm gonna Regardless of who the what the face heel alignment is, that's going to be a banger of a match because Io Shirai is one of the best wrestlers on the fucking planet, for sure. I'm down, for sure. Um, any other thoughts on uh, Rhea and Charlotte going out? 
No, I, I'm, I am excited to see what they do with this and, and if they can bring Rhea back in in a meaningful manner and keep her relevant and at the top, or if this was just, again, the the total just myrtillation of Rhea Ripley's push. I think it's a stall more than a murder, but we'll get there. Fair point. Brando's got something over here. <laughs> this is Brando's, it, Brando's over here not trying to laugh into the mic. It It is completely <laughs> and utterly unrelated. Covering his face like he's going out in public. Um, <laughs> I was looking, you know, I'm looking at headlines and stuff because, you know, uh, you know CM Punk came back to WWE backstage today. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'm just looking at some headlines on, like on comic book. Mm-hmm. And there's a headline for Sesame Street. Elmo's overwhelmed dad reminds parents to take time for themselves during quarantine with a new public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and it's Elmo's overwhelmed dad. I was like, he's he stuck at home with Elmo all day, and he's just like, God, <laughs> Elmo, you're driving me fucking nuts. Go to your room. Oh, welcome to you. So what you're world. telling me is it's it's don't tickle me, Elmo. Stay six feet away. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Social distancing elbow. Uh, you stay on this you side. You can't of the tickle elbow from six feet side. away. Get closer than six feet. He'll six give feet you an awkward stare. I was going to say, if you stand six feet away from Elmo and tickle the air and it moves, get the fuck out of the house because you've got worse things to deal with than Corona. <laughs> you have Elmo take, meets Chucky and no one needs that. <laughs> take, El- take Elmo with you to the grocery store. Make sure no one goes in that aisle. <laughs> oh, God. I'm here all day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to bring this up really quickly. Do either of you ever listen to the Bob and Tom show? Whatsoever. Used to be an avid Bob and Tomer. Old school Bob and Tom. Not okay. new school shit where it's just the, okay, the, so, the Tom show. So I was I was raised on it. Still listen to it all the time. I listened to it with my dad when I was a kid. And I have one of their very old CDs that had a bit that was in relation to the Tickle Me Elmo thing. It was Hurt Me Elmo. Yeah. Hurt Me Elmo. I have that. And I have I'm, that compilation. I, I can hear it. I can hear it in my head right now where you just hear this fake punch landing. And you hear, hey, stop hitting me, you little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it off. God. <laughs> uh, Man, if we talk Bob and Tom, we're going to go down a different tangent because I have like a thousand things in my head. Literally, the other day I was just doing yard work singing Snail Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I still listen to him every day. I love it. Uh, I even like the new people I've got on there. Um, next match was kind of another one of the, the it was the uh, Corbin versus Elias of night two. It was uh, Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. I actually missed this because... match. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I fucking didn't see it, bro. I know for sure. I uh, it. No, it was it was Alistair Black wins. Uh, the only thing coming out of it was that uh, Lashley had Black up for a dominator and Lana started yelling him. No, no, spear him, spear him. 
and then he runs face first into a black mass. So the whole thing was just to A, give Black a win, and B, they're starting to break up Lashley and Lana already. Oh, you mean Rusev finally put his foot down and said... Uh Uh-oh. They're gone. Oh, Nate's back. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, no. Yeah, hey, Nate. What do we do? Ah! It's time to do window roulette. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little bit of a hiccup there. Sorry, guys. I love that it even glitched and and kind of lagged when you said hiccup on my end. So you're like, we, we had a bit of a hiccup there. <laughs> I think we're back. Are we back? Yeah, yeah, we're back. We did it. We're back. I keep getting little notifications oh, that's going to be on the podcast. It's like, do-do-do-do. And that's every single time that you guys have tried to join, and my computer's just catching up. <laughs> it's like, but, oh my god, I'm in the middle of you two, like some sort of weird sex triangle. You were in the middle the whole time for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my screen, oh. you're in the middle the whole time. Yeah, but on the live stream, I wasn't uh, in the middle. And then we played um, window roulette, and now I am. <laughs> right. It's like, pop out. Uh, so yeah, Black versus Lashley, there's not much to to take it was so bad it literally kicked us out of the podcast the very next night with black (laughs) we got black masked out of the podcast yeah we did yeah oh that's the episode title black masked out of the podcast i love it (laughs) um and the funny thing is it was a little nothing match but it, it led into what may have been Honestly, the best story of the night, if not for the Firefly Funhouse, in the the soap opera that was Otis and Dolph, it the was... man giving all of our all of us uh, Midwestern overweight <laughs> nerds hope. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed the match for what it was. God, I love Otis. You know what? Uh, it, it wasn't bad. I... It, it, it's not. It wasn't the match of the match of the weekend for sure. But the fact that he got the girl at the end, I thought that no. was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. If you don't like Otis, you don't have a soul. It's, <laughs> it's as simple as that. I do have a question, the though. Man is... Are we ever going to get the reveal of who essentially split up Mandy and Sonya? Because that's really the sub story here, that someone revealed well, the truth that Sonya was double dealing with yes. Dolph. Mm. And yes. And we still don't know who that person is. No, we don't know the we don't know who the mysterious hacker was, but we do know that it was it was Sonya and Dolph conspiring to send the text in the most like soap opera way possible. Oh yeah, Days of Our Lives WWE edition. You know the the thing that kind of made me chuckle was that it's very similar to an angle that uh, Jericho and Christian ran with Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. WrestleMania uh, 20. Yeah. 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 20. Where they were both like betting a Canadian dollar over to who could get laid first or something like that. It's it's one Canadian it was very, dollar better. It, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and honestly, it just kind of struck me when I made the comment about if you don't love Otis, you don't have a soul. You know what he reminds me of? The, doing the Caterpillar and shit. Do you remember Too Cool? Yeah. Yeah, Scotty Too Hottie. Yeah, Scotty Too Hottie and uh, Brian Christopher. You remember who they ran around with? Rakishi. The dude is Rikishi and Scotty Too Hottie rolled into one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Quite literally. He's Scotty Too Hottie and Rikishi's body. One. <laughs> he rolled into one. He's Scotty Too Hottie and Rikishi's body. Caterpillar rolled into one. Hell yeah. God love uh, I did. I love this match. I thought it was cool. The story's good. Uh, I like that there's like Mandy double dealing and that she's now a heel and they can do something. Or not Mandy, but Sonya. That she's a heel now and they can really... Yeah push her because of this and give her her own little run as well as she making Mandy even more lovable. Badly. Absolutely. Yeah. But fire and desire have kind of been stagnant for a long time. Bit. So this is a great, uh, this is a great splitting up of those two and allowing them both to breathe right. and do their own thing now. Right. Um, Brando, any thought on that one? Uh, I just said I was really entertained by it. Yeah. Fair enough. All, sometimes all you need is a little popcorn. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was. Um, I, I said it wasn't match of the night or even match of the weekend, but like, like it, like it told a good story. Right. And and you know they hear like, you know the good guy got the girl in the end. So. Yep. Um, and then you go straight from uh, you know feel good moment to the 45 minutes going on 300 hours of edge versus Orton. So where do you know the craziest, uh, stat about this match? It is the second longest match in WrestleMania history, only behind WrestleMania 12, Brett, Sean, Iron Man match. Genuinely the second longest match in the entire history of WrestleMania. That's crazy. So, yeah, they went thirty six minutes and thirty five seconds. Apparently, that was not planned to go that long. They just uh, okay. They they filmed the match two weeks before, and they literally had some spots, and they were going to fight their way to these spots, and they just ad libbed most of the match, and uh, tried to mm-hmm. tell a story. It wasn't until afterwards they're like, "Wow, you went like, like almost forty minutes," and Edge is like, "What?" Like to him, it didn't feel like forty minutes, you know. Uh, but uh, some people right. were like saying it was a bit long, and he and he's like, you know, maybe on a contemporary WrestleMania it would have been long. Pretty but, shitty about that, yeah. But it's like you know the fact that I could still go forty minutes. Kind of shitty about that too. Yeah. Well, well, because well, he, he was like, he's like right. the fact he goes, I was proud about it. I was like, I I just went forty minutes when I couldn't wrestle for nine years. Like that's awesome. And my mm-hmm. only criticism, definitely, it, you know, was it a bit long? Okay, but. On a two night mania, you can kind of get away with it because you did need a yeah. long match here, yeah. to, uh, especially when you have the two main event title matches being so short. You and this match, right? This feud had history. These two characters have history going all the way back, and it could carry that forward. It did get personal, and it makes sense why they would. It would be a knockdown dragon fight. The only thing that I did not like about it is that the the last man standing match doesn't really work for me with no crowd. There wasn't 
anticipation. There wasn't drama no, about whether or not someone's going to be able to stand up. That 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 happens when the crowd's into it. You're like, the crowd's like, oh, that's it going to, oh, no. There wasn't that mm-hmm. for me. So instead, I, I was sitting there watching these guys fight, and I loved the match for what it is, other than the fact that every time they did something, they had to wait. And they and so like you you could have cut right. down the match time probably by probably about like a good six seven minutes it would have been thirty minutes but like just because every time they would do yeah. a move they would stop and they would have to sell it and like all right I gotta work my way up and get up by the kind of ten other than that these guys Why? brought it yeah other than, dude like they brought it they man. did they did they, really they did they brought it they cut a good pace. Even for a thirty-six hour, uh, almost at hours, but a thirty-six minute match. Oh my god! <laughs> a day and a half they wrestled. Damn it! <laughs> That's the last last man standing between Edge, Orton, and the crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who will drop first? But can you make it to the end? Will okay. they? But it was a story because there's well, no yeah. way in hell that Edge was going to lose his first match back out. Uh, Edge being in the situation that he's in is going to work with one who he wants to, the stories that he wants to. And who's the first guy that he chooses to work with? One of his best friends in the business, Randy. Because he knows that Randy's going to take care of him. Right. You know, and he knows that that he can trust Randy and that Randy's going to be fully on board to work with him again. And and they put on a good You match. know who they can't trust? Right. You know who they can't trust? The WWE match editors, because there is one spot that they really right. shouldn't have put in that match, and they had all the opportunity, two weeks of time to put it out. They were supposed to tap, damn it! Uh, <laughs> what, what sucks is that the is that the behind I, the like uh, like the dark side of the ring aired like right around that same time. She's like, yes. <laughs> The, uh, and it's even crazier because Orton thing, wrestled Benoit for his first title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing about that match, the reason I I kind of came out of it, and we haven't mentioned yet how bad commentary was for that match. Oh my god, the like, Masters! You, like they, it was like watching golf. Yes, it was so yeah. awful. Right. And really, the sad thing is that Saxton and Phillips are normally not bad. They were up for every other match. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that entire match, they were just, oh, God. He hit him. He hit him with that. What will happen now? Oh, they're on the table now. <laughs> he's, doing the, he's doing the, he's hanging by the rope in there. And like, they just yeah. disappeared at times. You, I and can't, I can't believe he just did that. Really, <laughs> the problem I had with it, with it being that long is like, the problem I had with it going that long is that I kind of like zoned out at times during it. Like when they were just fighting through the hallway, it was easy to like, well, kind of check my watch and oh shit, they're okay. They're still going. <laughs> but the last five minutes of the match where they're up on top of the truck. And uh, I, I made mention of it in the last show. Edge has had some acting training in his time off. Mm-hmm. He's been on a couple TV shows and you could see it at the end of that match where he's, damn near in tears about to hit Orton with that chair and having that real crisis of conscience and then going, fuck it. I got to do it. And then damn near breaking down afterwards. Well, and that's great. That is. Yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 you know, it was, it was awesome. And what I also loved is that they almost kind of had a, uh, rock Austin moment 
at, at, at the period of that match when it was all over, you know, when they counted to the 10 and Edge kind of f- fell down to his knees, you know, when The Rock beat Austin in his last match, him and Austin kind of had a few words right right in the middle of the crowd, right in front of everybody, right? You know, and it was like, yep. it, like what are they saying to each other? And it was a personal, non-character, it was a character break. And they kind of had that at the end of this thing where right. Edge was like talking to Randy and you see Randy kind of talking back to him where it was like, you know, like, thank you, you know, for, you know, for doing this with me. This was, you know, if there was ever a, a match to come back to, to do, uh, to, to, to kick it off like this, uh, for, for Edge's victory lap, if that's what you want to call it, like it, it the, they kicked the door down with right. it. Right. Does that Definitely. mean his last feud has got to be Christian? I just read something today about Christian. I think Christian's retired. Christian was on uh, really? Booker T's podcast, and and the, the, he asked uh, Booker asked Christian if, if he thought about coming back because you know Edge came back and Brian came back, and Christian downplayed it as far as like he goes, he's very happy and content. He goes, he goes, his thing is a different story. I've had some problems with some concussions. He goes, I'm 46, and it's mm-hmm. like uh, the odds are not there that he would be able to bounce back from a concussion type injury yeah. at his age. So it's like, it, I don't think that he even wants to entertain that just because he doesn't want to be let down. He didn't say that. I said that. Sure. I think that he is like, I have closed that door on me, on that now. And, and, you know, this is Adam's story. You guys, it, it, it's like, 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 let him have it. He goes, right. I, because I would hate to be Christian and go, man, what if I could do it? You know, because actually one person who is thinking about it, Corey Graves. Really? Really? Uh, he said he got really inspired by watching Edge. I. And he said, you know, I, I don't live, know that I mind that. He goes, you know what? I live in Pittsburgh. Dr. Maroon's in Pittsburgh. I should swing by there. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I don't think Graves anybody's going to be rip roaring for Graves return. I mean, as, as far as entering, entering maybe more not. but like. He's really made a character out of himself on commentary, and if he came back, it, he would be mm-hmm. a different kind of character completely. Fair point. I like. I didn't dislike him in NXT at all. I thought he was a decent hand in the ring, and kind of had a nice niche built for himself there. Um, I wouldn't, as weird as it sounds, he's really good friends with Corbin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing if Corbin drops the King gimmick, come up and pair with Graves. Graves can talk for him. He definitely could talk. I for wouldn't him. mind that at all, and it would also prevent Graves from having let Graves talk for him. And it would it would prevent Graves from having to take a shit ton of bombs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can tag them together, and they could be um, like running with that. I wouldn't mind that. I honestly wouldn't mind that. Um, you want to just blaze through the next couple matches because there weren't a whole lot to talk about there. The yeah. Street Profits and uh, Angel Garza and, and uh, Austin Theory. I do want to. I do want to. You know, polish my own apple a little bit for saying Austin Theory is one of the one of the someone to watch and dudes on a Mania match. Hell yeah! Um, and actually, he's getting a push now. There might they might be turning a stable out of this, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really a whole lot there. And again, that's coming out of uh, Andrade being legit injured and having to pull out of the match. So not much to it. Uh, and then we have the women's uh, Fatal Five Way, which. I mean, I really don't even know what really to say about it, other than they're teasing the Banks turn out of it. I, I, I love the Evans, finish because it was unexpected. Three, three of the five women. I thought Lacey looked great. 
Um, yep. They're doing a really good job with her. Especially, I like Lacey. Well, especially since they made her out to be such mm-hmm. a heel like a year ago, and now they've kind of really like flipped it and turned it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, dude, she's working hard. It, the thing is, is that when you it's very difficult sometimes when you're working heel to really get over as a workhorse because as a heel, you're you're not supposed mm-hmm. to really work that way. You know, like like the workhorses te- technically right. usually get cheered. And so like but when you're babyface, you can kind of right. you can really show your chops with that. And I, I think it shows here. I, I actually really like Lacey. I liked her in NXT. I thought she had a hell of a lot of potential. Um, she just caught called up when she was still really green mm-hmm. and I, I don't mind the heel character. Uh, I think she's got a better potential as a baby face. And I wish they'd lean more into the military thing than the single mom. Um, I liked what they originally had. Her gimmick was like a pinup, like uh bombshell. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't mean like blonde bombshell, uh, Mandy Rose, but literally like uh pinup from the forties, uh, riding the atom bomb down. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I did kind of dig that character for her. Um, I think she's still got a hell of a lot of potential. They just pushed her way too soon or way too far, way too fast. Now she's got a chance to kind of rebuild that if the crowd will accept it. Yeah. I think they're going that route a little bit, and I think I like that. Um, there are two things I want to talk about this match really I quick. I'm going to jump yeah. in here. Uh, one, I want sure. to quickly say how hilarious it was. Michael Cole's on commentary and Sasha and Bailey get like double schoolboy pin rolled up and Cole goes, Oh my gosh, Sasha and Bailey were almost eliminated at the same time. And Bailey goes, no, we weren't. He, she just yells to the commentators who are outside of the ring. Cause you can <laughs> clearly hear them talking. No, we weren't. We weren't almost eliminated. You asses like everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and then also, I want to mention that I really did like the finish. The women's right blocked Bailey trying to save, you know, a whole controversy thing. And then it ends up getting down. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was kind of a neat thing that basically that Bailey ducks out of the way of the women's right. And Sasha gets caught full force. Took oh, that yeah. like a champ for one. Um. And then uh, Bailey did nothing to prevent her from being pinned. Like just sat there and watched her get pinned. And then Sasha comes back and helps her beat uh, beat Lacey, and then does that kind of contentious putting the belt around her waist. So they're obviously starting to point the or plant the seeds for that heel turn or that face turn rather. Um, I don't. I mean, other than that, I mean, Naomi's already had her mania moment. I don't see them yep. going her direction anytime soon. And and let's be honest here. If anyone thought that they were going to put the belt on Tamina, shame on you. <laughs> what was the what was the comment last show? One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is Tamina. <laughs> yeah. Um, she yeah, she doesn't so line I mean, up. I really honestly, think they had they had an opportunity there and they missed it because I thought it would have been cool to have you know, Nia Jax make her return at Mania, come out, be a part of that match, you know, maybe start a feud with, say, Tamina or something, you know, they could have done something a little bit more interesting, but all in all, five-pack match, it was only okay, it wasn't their best work, I think they played it safe to keep Bayley champion, uh, but that's all I have there. You may still get your Tamina and and, and Nia Jax coming up here soon, Uh, Nia just qualified for uh, the women's Money in the Bank match, 
and with as thin as the roster on SmackDown is. I think Buckles just straight up froze out on us, Brando. <laughs> he he just said, ah. He just, I love that he's frozen there. So we, if he ever comes back, we have a great capture of how he looks. You just screen cap that for. Oh, he, he, he is gone. He'll come back. But okay. Um, okay. Oh, so, then, uh, so we have I'm, some comments. We have some comments from Rob D. Ross. The match was simply too long. Yeah, he's gone further as an announcer. So maybe he was talking about Edge and Randy. Um, and then he said he's gone further as an announcer and he ever would have in the ring. Talking, talking about Corey. Uh, Rob also said Lacey has truly improved. Um, hold on. Uh, he's truly improved. But the story coming out of the match is that they will they won't they with Sasha and Bailey. Ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. And he says, or asks, is the division small or is the focus only on Sasha and Bailey? And I think, well, that's a story that they're going to build to, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The focus has to be Sasha and Bailey right now, because I think you have, uh, what was it? The first NXT takeover was Sasha Bailey and it was one of the like most incredible matches of all time. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I think they need to recreate that in front of a, in front of a main roster crowd, you know, in front of 80,000 screaming fans. And obviously you can't do that this year because of the, the virus and everything that's happening and devil's right. breath or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, <laughs> honestly, ah, yeah, there's a little, I took a drink of water and I, <laughs> that was a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> about killed Brando on the podcast. That would have been bad. Uh, but honestly, I think that the division, while it has a lot of smaller talent, I think that the big workhorse ladies are more specialty attraction. Now you're awesome. Kongs, your Tamina's Naya really was in her mm-hmm. own kind of bubble of special where she was super over and then lost it and then was super, super over and then lost it again, you know? Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure with the way the division is now that you can do much more than Sasha Bailey and keep the SmackDown title uh, relevant, I think is the word. Not that there aren't other great wrestlers there. Lacey Evans is a great example. I think, uh, isn't Carmella still on SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you she have is. names uh, that could hold the belt. The but... they could... Yeah. There's also the possibility of them doing a shakeup here soon, too. Since they're well, it is post WrestleMania. Point in time. Yep, um, that's usually their game plan. So, um, I don't even know how to how to break into this one here. The next match on the card was the Firefly Funhouse, and I I truthfully, I don't even know where to begin. I for one, I fucking loved it. I absolutely adored it. Um. I, I just don't know how to approach it. <laughs> okay. Brando? Brando has a thought. All right. So, you know, uh, Please. we made uh, you know, we made uh, tacos for dinner, right? We were having good food. And uh, it, it do, I'll just be like WWE. And uh, due to circumstances um, uh, that we are in right now, I may have been able to uh, relax a little bit on WrestleMania night two. And I did, and I will say 
that that may have been the wrong decision on my part <laughs> because I watched the Firefly Funhouse while being under the influence of maybe some certain uh, uh, certain opiates. Uh, n- okay, not not really opiates. Not but, opiates. No, but a certain uh, certain uh, certain drug that mind altering substance. Yeah, a mind altering <laughs> substance. And I and I sat there like a. I, I was like, like, I was like, it just got to a point where I'm just like, what am I watching? I'm way too high for this. This is, this is scary. He scared me. It's crazy. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad because it felt like that sober too. <laughs> I loved it though. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it. Oh God. Okay. So example this, number three, example number three uh, of chicken salad. They, there's no way they could ever have done this oh, oh, in the ring yeah. because here is an example of something that you can do with the character. It, it, it's almost like you can see what they were trying to do a couple years ago with the Randy Orton match by trying to put this theatrical stuff in the middle of the match. And it doesn't really work in front of a crowd. Right. And, um, it's like, what's this psychedelic weird shit? They're putting stuff on the ring. Mm-hmm. But, but when you film it like a movie and the, the way it, it was like a this is your life segment with with John Cena and he, and he made him battle himself and he made him like, you know, you're going to battle yeah. yourself the, and all these iterations of yourself. The, this is hands down the best writing that WWE has had in years. I agree. Full stop. Like they've never shown this much continuity willing to look back willing to look at past stuff, any of it and willingness to pull back the curtain on shit that we didn't think they'd ever touch. Like they the Vince McMahon the Vince puppet Bear. saying it's such good shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the direct reference to the Moxley thing. Yes. Um, uh, I- we have a comment from Rob D. Ross. Bray Cena was an acid tri- was acid trip of the year. Uh, Wyatt Fiend needs to be a special attraction. Only keep his butt away from any and all titles, though. Um, this match, it, it, it's not I even a match, it. but like, it, not even a real match. No, but it is though because this is exactly what Bray deserves. After you know they kind of did what they did with him and. And you know, had to pull the title, pull him out of that certain story, and they and they reset him in the most perfect way because because I popped big time when they did like the the Saturday Night's main event, and like there's like Bray Hogan, <laughs> and there's Cena doing doing the curls, and he's doing them so fast, and then his arms are jello, and he can't hit. I'm like, this is so stupid, but it's funny. And then he comes out with thugonomics, and all he can Johnny, do is what is it like Johnny Large Meat or something yeah, like that? Yeah. And yeah. He comes out with thugonomics, and all he can they, do is rap. And that was funny, and that was entertaining. Um, and then they did the, Then they went and did the other stuff where where it was the different iterations of Bray. You know, where it was like you know the old Bray came back and mm-hmm. cut a promo. Like they, like basically, it was a long promo match. Where all they did was cut promos. There was not really yeah, any was. moves. But just think about how much fun both it, Bray and John had with this. Definitely. I I already, like I said, this credit to the creative team for doing it and for having the continuity there and obviously for Bray for helping plan that out. But good on you, John Cena, 
for having your for having the balls to go and be that guy mm-hmm. because your entire career you just offered up everything you put your body of work into for the last decade and acknowledge that yeah i kind of we i'm sorry i know this wasn't what you guys wanted and i'm acknowledging the fact that we i understand why you hated it and i'm okay with you poking fun at it and good good on you john cena for that what the other thing oh sorry go ahead you finish your thought two going going after this match i do not want to see john cena the same way again i don't want in six months time or a year's time I'm for John Cena to come back and be the same guy. Like I want, I want what should have happened after he lost the rock. Oh, you mean a total descent into madness where he is getting a grasp on reality that he's not who he thought he was. Yes. What I I want him to have to accept the fact that Bray showed him the light. What I really, really like is that, you know, there was that call for all those years to turn heel, right? Oh, he just needs to turn heel, turn heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it'll be the best thing. And and it's a direct comparison to the Hogan heel turn from, you know, NWO. And they, and they spoofed it. You got the, you got the, com- oh my gosh, they mm-hmm. spoofed You got the comparison. It. And they brought, like, all these props. They brought all these props from the warehouse with the SmackDown fist. And then with the, with, with the WCW stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had him come out with the NWO uh, hat and the and the, the spray painted belt and, and all this stuff and what and like him losing it because of the pressure of going heel and who is he beating? He thinks he's beating Brave, but he's beating like the pig. But it's a representation of the fans. He's snapping on the fans, mm-hmm. something that he never would. I lo- they showed, yeah. They showed all of his greatest failures. They showed him losing to The Rock. They showed him losing to CM Punk. Mm-hmm. They I said they put CM Punk in WrestleMania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, the what gave me chills the most at the end of that match was as he was getting the uh, the mandible claw. They replayed his own promo from the night before, two nights before. About being the most overhyped, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Oh my god, that is great. That is beautiful. Yeah, using his and own words against God. Him. Bring that. Oh, just everything about that was so perfectly done. Probably gonna go watch that after we get off this <laughs> podcast. I know it's fucking late and shit, and like we're really going. Say, but we still got a lot of shit to do here, so it's gonna be a late. We might here. need to break this up into a second podcast, honestly, and do like uh, WrestleMania I can, I can recover and... some of this shit pretty quickly. Okay, I can, well, as I can long hammer as that. some of this shit. Quick. I'll be all, all right. right. My uh, to pull back my own curtain. I don't. I don't know about y'all, but my uh, I have to be at work on my event. I don't really have to apply any effort until about two o'clock in the afternoon, so I'll be okay. <laughs> I don't have to wake up until 2 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow if I don't want. I have to be up by at least 6 due to the fact that my oldest son likes to leave his room in the moment he's awake. And if we're not in the living room, likes to help himself into things that he should not be getting into. Like fingernail polish (laughs) remover. <laughs> we talked about this, Brando. Oh, okay, man. fair point. Fair point. <laughs> oh God. Um. 
we're, we're kind of left with the same struggle that they had on this show is that how do you follow the fun house? Mm-hmm. You only got one place left to go and that's go home. <laughs> and we go home with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Which yeah. wasn't the real main event of WrestleMania. WrestleMania. No, you, want to, you count the secret boss of the big show, which no, I don't know. That didn't <laughs> but happen. it was a better match. In my mind. It was a That's better a fever dream. But it was a better match. It was. It was. Big That's show worked harder thing. than Rock did. I I I'm happy that McIntyre won. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would have it would have worked a lot better in front of a crowd. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they ran the exact same thing as they did the night before with Braun and, and Goldberg. The only difference was that Lesnar threw a German in there as well. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Instead of, instead of power slam spear, it's Claymore F five, but with added German suplex. <laughs> so, you know what I would have done there? You know what I would have done there? Honestly, I would have had Heyman in an instant where the ref gets knocked down or some shit actually bag Lesnar the old school Heyman betrays Lesnar yet again we've seen it happen in the past right but then after Drew wins and Heyman's like yes I'm gonna hitch my horse to the next big thing and I think you're it kid you're gonna be a Paul Heyman guy and he just goes no no I'm not (laughs) oh fucking Claymore done and that's that's how they put that to rest so then you know give us some space I can see that. Um, I also would have liked to have just seen literally, if you're going to go just a full squash, I don't mind him kicking out of the F5s and all that shit. I wanted to see Lesnar go down to one finisher for once in his fucking life. I wanted to see him get hit Claymore once and that be it. No matter if that was the beginning of the match, end of the match, whatever, one done finish. You build that shit up like you do the RKO. I think if you hit him at the beginning with it, though, and pin him, it is also the end. (laughs) No, that's true. (laughs) So what you say is true, sir. (laughs) I never claimed to be a wise man. And that's the end of that statement. (laughs) Oh. (sighs) Oh, shit. Overall, I mean, yeah, well, that was WrestleMania in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, see, we're all bringing it home. It's like, all right, so overall, um, overall, what would you rate yeah. this WrestleMania? Like, uh, because honestly, surprisingly, given the special circumstances, I was I was actually pretty happy with it. I, was I think it was a four-star WrestleMania, um, and they turned chicken shit into chicken salad, as Brock Lesnar would yeah. say on The Ultimate Fighter Season 10. I think that you have to give it a little bit of a of a, a curve because of the situation. You have to give them a, you can't grade them too harshly to begin with. Mm-hmm. But really, they made the absolute best with what they could. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you could have easily trimmed off the Corbin match and the Lashley match. You could have trimmed off some of the other shit. But you have to take into account that there was probably matches they had booked in the in place of that that they couldn't do. So maybe there's some of that shit that was just thrown in at the last minute. Just who they had. Um, yeah. The fact that apparently even filming everything ahead of time, that people didn't know what the match order was going to be until day of. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There. What do you guys think of the two-day really, thing? I think you have to give them every bit of credit. 
What'd you guys think of the two? I liked thing? it. I, did, I liked it the hell I did a too. lot more. I did too, because one of the things that I've been really bitching about, about WrestleMania is that in the last few years, it's like five hours on the main show. It's like, dude, I got to get up in the morning, guys. It's Sunday. Like, I got to go to wrestling work. Wrestling no, is completely. real, and splitting it up made it more enjoyable, more palatable, yeah. and it let you re-energize for night two. I felt like, and I said this earlier, like, after night one, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, okay, they've got me. Hook, line, sinker, like, hook and mouth. Ah, you know, pull me away and shit like that. Like, I was there for it. So it built anticipation. Coming to night uh, two, I was like, oh, I can't wait for it to be WrestleMania. Like, I'm so excited. Like, here we are. It's WrestleMania Sunday. You know, it really kind of had that feel again. And uh, I think that, you know, if they go this route in the future, it means a couple things. It means, one, you're going to have to change how you do the Hall of Fame, when you do the Hall of Fame, where you do the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to have to give up NXT takeover shows. Mm -hmm. Something has to change, though, in order for all that to work in three nights. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. But I, what I do love right. is, is that you could, um, you could, you could, I you, think yeah. you could, uh, you could have instead of a six hour long main show, you could have three to three and a half hour two shows and have even more people on the card right. because they always struggle with getting as many people as they can on the card in most mm. normal years. You know, that's why you have the battle Royals and, and the right. big multi-man, uh, six-man uh, uh, intercontinental title ladder match, and it's like it's like what's what's Zack Ryder doing in this one? I don't know. Holy crap, he won the damn thing! What? <laughs> you know it, but it. Yeah, I I, I don't I, I don't know. I just think next year let's yeah. do it the exact same way we did, and you like Nate said, I will I will be on board with this because I'll be able to actually watch the full night one and maybe the full night two mm-hmm. and still be able to get enough sleep for the next day when I got to go bust my ass at work. There's there's two things that I keep coming back to out of it, and one, I, I the rumor of them doing a two night mania has been going around for longer than this virus has been because mm-hmm. New Japan did it back in January. Yeah, they had the first two night Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and I honestly liked what they did a little bit more format wise because it really lent itself. They had a turn. They had a double championship basically. They had two uh, title matches the first night, and then the two winners fought for a unified title the next night. It, it, there was drama between the two nights, which was kind of cool. I can see WWE doing something like that at some point. I want them to continue doing this for all the reasons you guys just said. I want to see them do just a, you know, a couple shorter shows. It gives less fatigue and all that. However, this is still WWE we're talking about. So what's going to happen? Within probably three years, we'll have two nights that are six hours. Each. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish I was. I wish I was making that shit up, but you know it'll happen. Oh, I. There's I, a reason we got to eight hours to begin with. At, at least I'll be able to watch. If, if first Vince night. is still, you know, kicking. Yeah. If Vince is still Just kicking, another God match, knows he will damn be. It. Yeah. Because I mean, hell, they're not re- they're not really releasing people at a rapid clip unless you're the revival. But um, they're if they continue to bring people up from NXT, which they will continue to do, that roster just gets more and more bloated. So you've got less and less time to put people on the show. So you just add more time to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can easily see them being two nights that are five and six hours within a year, within a couple of years. 
Yeah, but greedy I hope bastards. Of course they will. I hope that's not the case. But yeah, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the shit out of WrestleMania this year. Um, do we want to slam through some quick headlines? Uh, that's your call. The, uh, new segments. Buckles, honestly, man. However, um, we want to play this, my dude. Maybe we do, should run uh, down our new and and greatest latest segment. Possibly, I don't know. Actually, I'll tell you what. Let's do the top ten real fast because so much of that has to do with WrestleMania. So we can cl- we can get through that pretty quick. Sure. Um, and uh, really, there's only a couple matches out of here that we haven't spoken about. Most of it's going to be pretty heavily uh, Mania dominated. But um, out of the top ten, I always give an honorable mention. And uh, this one is legitimately an honorable mention because it kind of wasn't a match, and that was the Firefly Funhouse. I wanted to give it – I didn't want to lump it in with a top ten because it wasn't a traditional match, and I wanted to give it I its own shine. I couldn't ignore it. So definitely honorable mention. Uh, number ten, one of the few non-WWE ones. I actually just watched this before we did the show. Uh, was from MLW Fusion this week, um, which I, again, encourage people to check out. They're doing a tour of uh, a, a series against uh, AAA, AAA right now. Uh, so you had a match between Pagano and Mortis versus Mance Warner and Savio Vega. Whoa, that's uh, a name I haven't heard in a long time. Dude's still kicking and dude's still wrestling. <laughs> in a uh, what they called a, uh, what was it, uh, Tijuana Barrio Brawl. It was a goddamn street fight. And uh, if you've ever seen a street fight with Mance Warner, you know kind of what you're getting into. We had barbecue skewers in the head, and we had someone getting choke slammed through a flaming table. So awesome, fun, fucking death match. Uh, Full on heads, uh, unprotected chair shots to the head, which made me cringe. However, uh, but yeah, and Savio Vega can't argue. Um, Tell you, man, MLW is worth checking out. Uh, number nine from uh, Dynamite on the first. Actually, the date of our last episode. Uh, Kenny Omega and Trent. Oh, that was an awesome match. match. Singles match, yes. Yeah, came out of nowhere. Uh, Only reason it's ranked this low is just because there was nothing story-wise to it. It was just a match. It was a great fucking match. There was just nothing coming in or out of it. Um, Number uh, eight, again, no story, but uh, I mentioned that uh, Apollo Crews had a better night, or or, uh, Aleister Black had a better match after Mania. Uh, he had a like three segment long match with Apollo Cruz that was fucking great. Apollo Cruz, nice. who has the, uh, the the charisma of my iPad here, <laughs> put on a fucking great <laughs> match uh, out of nowhere. Um, and really, I think they're actually going to feature him a little more going forward. He's in a uh, he's in a uh, Money in the Bank qualifying match against. Uh, MVP, so you know he's going to win. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're actually pushing him a little bit, and that match against Black was very good. Um, number seven, I actually had the last man standing match, Edge at Orton uh, for Mania Night Two. Uh, great match, great story. I uh, just again the lack of commentary and the uh, the length of it just kind of drove it down a little bit to me. Um, Number six, uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Damian Priest from NXT on the first, which would have been for uh, TakeOver Tampa Bay. We've talked about Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic at nauseum at this point, and the two of them can't have a bad match. Adding Hell Priest yeah. just helped it a little bit more. The guys are 
they had the wonderful spot of Keith Lee powerbombing Priest onto Dijakovic because here's three guys going, I'm going to hit another big motherfucker with another big motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Number five, there's a match that actually went on during um, a match of the week that went on during the uh, last Supercast or before the next to last Supercast. Britt Baker and uh, Hikaru Shida. Oh my god, that was crazy. Blood fest. That was fucking wonderful. I've never been a fan of a Britt Baker match before, and I was a fan of this shit. Good for her. She, she got her ass kicked. Got legit color from her played. nose. Dude, she got the coloring book. She was all over the fucking place. <laughs> like she was bleeding like a stuck fucking pig out of that nose and kept coming and kept making a good character beats out of it. Oh, yeah. Like, just kind of looked at the ref going, yeah, this is fucking great, isn't it? Fuck me, right? And then yeah, with like, a broken nose, taking a knee to the face for the finish. Good on you. It was a great match for sure. Uh, I'm glad you brought that number up. Four, uh, uh, number four, Ripley and Flair. Uh, number three was the tag team ladder match. Uh, I had Owens and Rollins at number two just because I liked the story as much as anything else with it. I thought it was a great finish. I think I know uh, what your number one number is. One, nothing was touching the nothing was touching the boneyard match. For sure. Absolutely nothing was touching the boneyard match. For sure. Um so yeah, that was the top ten. It's a little difficult to do a top ten when there's really only three promotions doing anything at the moment, but totally. We're gonna keep soldiering through. Um I did get word that uh, MLW is continuing to do, I think, empty arena shows if they can. Um, supposedly impact is doing empty arena shows as well. So that'll help keep the content coming. I do believe. Um, if you want to go into a couple quick headlines, um, we already touched on wrestling being essential. Yeah. Um, yep. We did have a few new, uh, we do have a few new debuts. Uh, not only are we pretty much getting confirmation that Shayna Baszler, uh, Angel Garza and Austin theory are, pretty much permanently called up at this point. They've all been used on raw two weeks in a row now. So I'm thinking that's permanent call-ups. They officially mm-hmm. called up Bianca Belair. Yep. Which I guess that was the one thing we didn't mention from mania was uh, Bianca getting the run in, uh, which they repeated the exact same thing the next night, which was kind of weird, but yeah, Bianca's officially in raw. And then they uh, called up the forgotten sons to NXT or for, to, uh, to SmackDown because they needed depth essentially they're the replacement for the revival which got um, released we already kind of covered that headline. that's a headline yep that's, I was gonna say, that's your next headline what do you guys make of their new names by the way their new names what do you mean have you heard the new names? oh yeah you've not seen that they already have merch for god's sake yeah um dash wilder and scott dawson are now cash wheeler and dax harwood <laughs> Coming to you live from pornography of the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. <laughs> like, I, I, the Cash oh Wheeler. Oh my God, that, it's I, Cash I, Wheeler and Dax Harwood. I can hear JR screaming it now. Yeah, my God. Cash, Cash Wheeler, I don't mind so much. And Dax Harwood, I guess Harwood is actually Dawson's real last name. But Dax just sounds so fucking weird. What? So what would you call I, I, him as a team name then? 
I think they he's have going by FTR, I think, right? They've tried. Oh, <laughs> they they've had that trademark for a while. But uh, if you actually if you go on Pro Wrestling Tees, the merch that they came up with, one of them one of the shirts is actually one of their stock pictures from WWE when they had the belts, just with the titles literally like pencil erased. It looks like someone <laughs> uh, Thanos snapped the belts out of the picture. <laughs> Otherwise, it's legitimately their like their glamour shot. It's great. Um, and I think because they were released, there's actually a no uh, no compete or no compete clause. So we could see them in any show coming up really soon. Well, we just lost Nate for a moment. Yeah, yeah, we lost Nate. Uh, but uh, we also we, we had a situation where where Brody Lee was released, and he had a he had a a wait too. Not, but 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 it wasn't as he long. Did. No, I think also the reason they held off on him, uh, they wanted they were planning on debuting him in Rochester in his hometown. Mm-hmm. They were going to hold off on on debuting him until they were actually supposed to be in his hometown. And then the pandemic stuff prevented that show from happening. So I think that's part of the reason they held him off for a little bit. Nate, you got audio there, pal? Yeah, I think I'm back. Can you guys hear me? Am I here? Am I real? <laughs> I can hear you. Brando, you still with us here? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay, just making sure. I, I totally, um, my mouse clicked totally. out of fucking Chrome and closed out House Party completely. I was like, no! Yeesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, guys. If we, we, do have, uh, it, we mentioned Naya's back already. Yeah, Naya's back. If we haven't mentioned it already, this is the first time we've ever used House Party for this kind of thing. So uh, if, if you had a few hiccups, that's why. <laughs> Well, I think uh, we've done fairly well so far, to be honest. It's the, you know what? It, um, yeah. So we got Naya back. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I got nothing. Um, we've got a couple brand new feuds in Braun and Bray starting up. Uh, looks like Rollins and McIntyre going forward are going to be feuding a little bit uh, based on last night's Raw. Um, the women's money in the bank, they've already had three qualifying matches with uh, Asuka, Shayna, and Niall qualifying, which kind of no-brainers. Uh, they've announced for next week on Raw, uh, the qualifying matches that Raw will have will be Rey Mysterio and Murphy, uh, Aleister Black and Austin Theory, and MVP versus uh, Apollo Crews. Two of the three are going to be great matches, and one's got MVP in it. So it's kind of telegraphing the winner just slightly. Fair point. Um, they seem to be putting together a bit of a new stable and I kind of want to pick Nate's brain a little bit on this one. Um, and I know Brando, you said you don't watch a whole lot of new Japan, right? No. Okay. So a little bit of history is that, uh, Andrade originally came from AAA, uh, where he was the founder of the original Los and Gobernables, uh, stable which was kind of an anti-hero, or I guess they were started as heel, but then went to anti-hero stable there. And then uh, when Tetsuya Naito came over from New Japan on his excursion, did a, work, did a stint with AAA, got involved with that, and then brought that gimmick back to New Japan as uh, Los Angobernables de Japón. It's one of the most over stables they have there. But Andrade was one of the guys that originally started it. 
last night on Raw, you already have Zelina Vega managing Andrade, and then they, they brought in Angel Garza. Then they brought in Austin Theory, which at the time looked like a one-off. But they've kind of all been teaming a lot more recently. And then last night, they had them acting as a unit and then managed to hit the same pose that Los and Gobernables do. This uh, Kind of the shield fist bump just elevated up. So I'm almost wondering if we're getting a take on Los Angeles Day WWE. We could have a nice new little villainous stable here on a show I, that already has the OC and has the Rollins cult. Yeah, I think that you it might be a little bit crowded, but I think they're also could planning be. for the future in that shakeup. You know, True. that shakeup is the coming, thing is, so... If you if you keep that stable together, that means you're going to see Theory, Garza, Andrade, Zelina, and Alistair Black, who's married to Zelina, all moving at once. Mm. So I mean, there's yeah, there's okay, maybe that's a little extreme. Too. Yeah, for sure. I'm not. I don't know, there's man. Some, I'm excited to see. There. I need to. I need to get back in the WWE product outside of watching WrestleMania. I hadn't even like watched any of the build up matches or anything because it was just such a hard, weird thing, you know. It, it no crowd and it all is this tough and they're they're actually kind of hitting their they're kind of hitting their stride a little bit because the last couple shows uh they haven't or they the build up to wrestlemania they relied a lot on having uh uh reshown matches uh, a lot of reruns like mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. flash back to uh Claire and uh Shawn Michaels or Charlotte and Oscar they would take up a few segments on the show, half an hour of the show, just by reshowing an old match that had some uh, relation to the bill for mania. This last couple of weeks, they've abandoned that. They've actually been doing the full three hour and two hour shows with new content. And it's not bad. They're showing uh, some of these matches they've had, like uh, last night they had only Lorcan and Alistair black. They've uh, had a few more squash matches than normal. They've had a few more uh, longer segment or longer segments and longer form matches it's kind of refreshing in its own way actually it's neat to see what they're doing with it absolutely um, smackdown was kind of not much last week uh other than braun and bray having their little face off um nxt's actually got a little bit going on right now uh they had uh the Gargano Champa match. Did either of you guys get to watch that? Not yet. I have I haven't seen it match. yet, but I heard it was amazing. I did watch it. It was good. Uh I don't want to spoil anything for you, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But uh it kind of suffered for the fact that they had the Edge and uh Orton match in the same week. There's a lot of similarity to it. Mm-hmm. Um and it that damn near took up an hour. The big uh, the big issue with it, honestly, and Brando, I don't know if you noticed it too. Imagine watching the Edge Orton match, but with commercials in between. Yeah, it like, the commercials made it really fucking hard to get through time. It it artificially elongated it. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, yes, and it made it it made it hard to get back to go to and from points in the match too. Mm-hmm. Um. Killer Cross has not been debuted yet, but they're really heavily teasing him at this point. He actually does show up at the very, very end of NXT last week. They walk past a car, and there's he and uh, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux sitting in the car. Uh, you have a new tag team. Uh, Malcolm Bivens debuted, I think it's Indus Share, two giant Indian men. 
Um, came out and attacked Riddle and then beat up a uh, jobber team last week. Uh, looks like they're building to Velveteen Dream and Adam <clears throat> Cole somewhere in the near future, but it hasn't already been announced. Uh, they re-debuted uh, Dexter Loomis uh, in a match with uh, Jake Atlas, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, the other big development uh, beyond the uh, women's ladder match, which we kind of talked a little bit about with the Oshirai winning, um, have you guys heard what they're doing with the NXT uh, Cruiserweight title? Uh, they're turn- doing a tournament for the interim belt, right? Right. Um, right now, the champion is uh, Jordan Devlin, but being that he's over in England and can't get to NXT to do shows, they're kind of left, well, we can take the title off of him, but we don't know when he's coming back. So they're going to do an interim title, and then whenever he does come back, they'll have a title title versus title match or champion versus champion. Uh, well, that's cool. The cool thing is they're doing something. The cool thing is they're doing something I haven't seen WWE do in a long time. Really, I haven't ever seen them do. That's around. I think we just lost buckles, possibly. <laughs> Did that just happen again? Yeah. It's all right. It's a... Uh, 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 me. It's and the, I'm like, uh... Uh, it's the they're gonna do the thing it's happening whatever the thing is is gonna happen it's coming so uh, uh hopefully buckles can get back in he here back in and, and we'll queue him up for that robby uh robby ross says gotta give them the vince treatment talking about the revival and just go first names only cash and dax not everybody needs two names but the same token not everybody can pull off just one name <laughs> that's true cash and dax and also i did look up their new merch and the, and that is pretty funny with them just airbrush. It looked like in it looks like a Microsoft Paint. They took like a little spray the, the spray paint thing and just spray painted over like the belts on their shoulders. It is amazing, and actually, you'd kind of see that one belt on uh, Dawson's shoulder there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. You get a little bit of that profile. There might be a cease and desist coming somebody's way. Welcome back, Buckles. Are you there? I got yeah. I'm back. I got completely booted off a house party, so I had to come back in. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Um, we 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 did not get any of what you were about to say. <laughs> so, um, the the neat thing that they're doing with this cruiserweight tournament because they've got to have this interim champ. It's something that NXT hasn't done. Really, WWE hasn't done in a long time. And that's a round robin tournament. Everything they've done has been like King of the Ring style or bracket style. They're. Actually- <laughs> 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 you got kicked out again. Oh shit. We are not meant to hear whatever this last thing is. It is no not supposed to make air this episode. No, but, and, uh, and and you're starting to like phase out like fucking uh like Thanos like sna- <laughs> Oh no. Uh well Brando uh but I don't I don't know what to do here because Buckle's going to come back and we can't just wrap the show without him like we did no, Dick. No, I no. mean, it's not going to work the same. It's not as funny. It's kind of an it's kind of an asshole move if you really want to be true about it right here. But uh, honestly, man, um, we had one segment left to talk about and I I I don't know. I like I don't know what to do. Oh. I think we officially lost buckles because it isn't even showing on the three screens anymore. Yeah. It just went to it just went to two. Yeah, we're he gonna said. we're gonna divide the like ourselves <laughs> like into the three uh, screens. Oh, here he comes! He's coming back. 
We're trying again. Do we have him? Do we not? Let's see. It's an Easter miracle. I'm back from the dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what? Buckles, I think we should probably quickly jump into our final segment here. Uh, as we are getting sure. pretty long on this podcast, it's getting late for you guys about one o'clock your time AM. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's, uh, let's get in this. You want me to just run mine down fast? You want to run yours down fast? Should I explain what this is? Actually, I think you should I wanna, explain. I, give, I don't know. I want to explain it a little bit because I want to make up for last show where I kind of botched it. <laughs> sure. Um, I mentioned last week or last show that, uh, that I'd read something a while back. It was an article about Kevin Nash that kind of got my creative juices flowing. And I couldn't remember what the article was when I, for when I came to it last week, couldn't remember what had started it. It was an article that about, or an interview with Kevin Nash where he had said that if he just stayed with WWE, instead of going to WCW, he was supposed to have been the one to break Undertaker's streak back in the day. Interesting. It early on. And that kind of got me thinking, well, man, what would have happened if he had, you wouldn't have had the streak. You wouldn't have had the outsiders. And then later the NWO in WCW, maybe you wouldn't have had the Monday night wars. A lot of things could have changed based on that one little thing. And it made me kind of, you know, sit in fantasy book, what that would have looked like and all that. And it gave me the idea. Let's run a segment called who's got the book where we fantasy book something, whether that be a push or a heel turn an angle that you didn't like, an angle that you did like. If you had the choice to go back and and rewrite history and rebook something or fantasy book something in wrestling, what would it be? Or if you could do it a different way, how would you have done it? And I felt like an easy jump into it based on a tweet that I'd seen from uh, Addie Starr, a female indie wrestler, Addie Starr. She had the fun idea of let's book a WWE versus New Japan match or New Japan uh, pay-per-view. What would your card look like? So uh, Nate and I have actually sat and uh, come out and done our own uh, two separate cards of what would a New Japan match or New Japan versus WWE card come out to look like. And I think we're going to try to continue this type of segment going forward and see really if, what would happen if we each had the book. So I would, uh, Nate, I, I would hear yours. You got the book, man. What you got? Sure. Firstly, I want to say that the next time we do, we got the book uh, and we have Brandon on. I really want to get his juices flowing on something that's like because Brando books used to be a segment where you Brando would book different things back almost almost identical to this, but in his own different creative way. If you look look on on Facebook, I did two live ones where I think I did rebooking Macho Man's final run. Or maybe that was one I was gonna do. Okay. And then there was one that I I rebooked uh, the Bret Hart Owen Hart feud ending. Like I basically extended it. They kicked, they kicked his leg out of his leg. Oh man. Yeah. He yeah. kicked his leg out of his leg. I love it. Yeah. So like I did those two. Like. All right. Like it was something like where yeah. like well well because you know like Macho Man they relegated him to like um, commentary and he wanted to get in there and work. I turned him a heel. I turned him a heel and had right. him and had him go up against the awesome. uh, the next generation and where he was the old guard and he goes I'm not I ain't done yet and uh, the uh, next generation's <laughs> gonna have to have to reach up to the cream of the crop to take me down yeah and basically it was building uh. to where you, 
I put Lex over Yoko at SummerSlam, and he was the big guy, but he wasn't the big guy. He was never going to be the big guy. And instead, had it, it ended up being Randy working twice instead of Yoko against Lex and then Brett. And then ultimately coin Brett. But anyway, dude, did we lose buckles again? Did he freeze? I I, <laughs> I didn't realize that that had happened because he was like in the same position, just like <laughs> he was hanging on. I your just thought he was story. super happy. <laughs> he was like, he wow, was that's super awesome. into it, man. He was totally radical about it. Uh, I don't know what to do here, Brando. Do I, am I supposed to just start this fucking thing without him? It's his thing, and he wanted me to start, and he asked me about the book, and I, uh, and I just he, gave it to you and never yeah, talked about the book. Well, you know. Uh, We'll wait till it comes back, and then we'll get in, and then we'll do it. We are at uh, two hours and thirty-eight minutes. Right, kicking now. it, man. This is the longest wrestling we've ever done. Okay, all right. So I'm going to do it swiftly. Here we cool. go. Buckles is back. Opening the card because they're he's a part timer. We're booking New Japan wrestlers and WWE guys. Mm-hmm. Some I if you go on New Japan right now, this is where I got the sources and looked up their entire roster. What they currently say is they're members of their roster. So here we go. The first match opening Kingdomania one is Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens in a friend a festival of friendship rematch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it already. Uh, okay, match two. And, and I think this is also some form of rematch, or maybe this is just me fantasy matching. Velveteen Dream versus Will Ospreay. Ooh. Okay. I think they both are All fast right. work rate okay. guys. I think that would be an amazing match. And mm-hmm. the only six-man tag match you have of the night, you have Los Ingabronables de Apon, as you say, versus Undisputed Era. Oh, yeah. Okay. Strong O'Reilly and Fish as your okay. team. Uh, Shingo Takagi, who is your current open weight champion in uh, New Japan, taking on mm-hmm. your current 24 7 champ, Rob Gronkowski. Because <laughs> it would be an absolute you know what? and he would get murdered. It would be great. I would, hey, I, I don't know. Okay. I have such a hatred for the New England Patriots. I can't tell you how much money I would give to watch Shingo stiff the fuck out of him for an, for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yes. Uh, up next, Alistair Black taking on the villain, Marty Skrull. I think it would be epic. Okay. I think that it's too stylistically. They're different workhorses. But if you put Marty up against pretty much anybody, you're going to have a great match. So I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. That's... A little bit more of an old school six man triple uh, tag team match here up next. Gorillas of Destiny versus Anderson and Gallows versus the New Day. Okay. So, Gorillas of okay. Destiny, Anderson and Gallows, they have a little bit of history. That story tells itself. Uh, you also putting the New Day and Gorillas of Destiny in a match that's almost a fantasy match that we would never have seen before. It's absolutely stunning. I think it would be a, a great thing here. Uh, about halfway through my card here, we start to get the real pickup of the night where things get crazy. Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Adam Cole for the NXT title, meaning if he wins, it goes yeah. to New Japan. But if Cole wins, it stays with NXT. Up next in a match that has no title, yeah. but maybe has the most um, 
in my opinion, when I was fantasy looking at this is where I started. This is the first match I wrote down. I built everything else around this match because I want to see Okada versus The Fiend. I don't know why. I don't know where in my head it just hit me that like Okada works great with everybody. He can have a crazy match with everybody. Bray, when Mm -hmm. he is actually wrestling and not just being the fiend is a great working wrestler as well. So put him together and almost force the fiend to come out of his comfort zone and almost bring a little more Bray into that. I think it's an appetite for amazingness. Um, Up next, Jeff Cobb taking on Keith Lee for the North American NXT championship. Same rules apply. That I like. Yeah, I I knew you'd like that one. Okay, so we've only got four matches left on my card. I'll read them down pretty Mm -hmm. quick. Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, who are your current IWGP tag champs, versus the Raw tag champs, the Street Profits, in a tag title unification match. Only one people walk out with tag titles, who the better man is. This next match is maybe my favorite of the card, most hilarious match to have, as it's an IWGP United States Championship match featuring Jon Moxley Mm -hmm. taking on Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in a Texas death match. Uh, (laughs) I knew you'd go there. All right. Oh, yeah. So that's your card? Oh, yeah. We've only got two left. Two left. Two left. We've only got two left. And one guy has to work twice, but when you're a double champ, that's what the fucking that's the route you take here. Tetsuya Naito versus Sami Zayn in a Intercontinental Title unification match. There can only be one Intercontinental okay. Champion. Okay. Okay. And I think that, that just that was more booking because of the title, less because of Sami Zayn and that's Naito fair. being a great that's stylistic fair, yeah. matchup. That works. But in that the works. main event. Naito versus AJ Styles for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, baby. I can see that. I can see I that mean, being a very good match, actually. And that's my card. 13 so, matches. I like it. I like it. I didn't actually do any title unification. I didn't put any titles on the line or anything like that. I just wanted showcases. Sure. Uh, I wanted style showcases in mine. Um, so I only went 10 matches. Um and I actually stayed pretty much out of NXT. I just now thinking about it, I stayed almost entirely out of NXT. But uh, started with uh, Girls of Destiny versus the Usos. Ooh. Brothers versus brothers. Nice. Um, Tongans versus Samoans, actually. Uh, and then we have a uh, four-way uh, cruiserweight match or light, uh, light heavyweight match. Murphy versus Mustafa Ali versus Koto Ibushi versus Hiromu Takahashi. Crazy flying shit all over the place. Amazing. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite matches on the card, Drew Gulak and Brian versus Zack Sabre Jr. And uh, Minoru Suzuki. Oh my God. That's awesome. Like hell. Uh, Owens versus Kenta. Um, some uh, what might another one that might be my favorite match on the card Samoa Joe versus Tomohiro Ishii. Just Ooh, two dudes that's stiffing awesome. the living fuck out of each other. Just two big burly mm-hmm. dudes beating the piss out of each other. Uh, Cesaro versus Shingo Takagi. Um, Rollins versus Osprey in an Iron Man match. Ooh, love two that. Of them have already beefed on Twitter. The two of them have already beefed on Twitter over who could go further. I want to see them go all night. 
Um, Naito versus Reigns. The current top guy with uh, New Japan versus essentially the top guy nominally for WWE. Um, I have Okada versus Lesnar, which I would love to see the pure wrestling Okada go up against a monster like. Because uh, honestly, my favorite Okada matches have all been against somebody like that's bigger than him. I always like seeing him wrestle guys like Bad Luck Fale. And he does really well with that, so I'd like to see him wrestle Lesnar. Okay, and I'm all my about main that. Event, main event is a mirror match. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Cena, two out of three falls. You have the John Cena of New Japan versus John Cena himself. I love it. I absolutely love and, it. And two out of three falls, brilliant. And it's the, it's the two faces of the company for the longest time it's the last 10 years the two faces of the company so that's that's how i would have booked it however i, I like it. your card just as damn well i i didn't i didn't think of doing title unifications and putting titles up i like it there's a guy i mean i thought about NXT you know i could have put in there i like that idea the only way that i could see it is like let's say in some crazy i don't know what universe we're in vince dies and Triple H and Stephanie are kind of like, ah, like WWE is dragging us down. We need to sell this shit and move on with our lives and go live on a beach or private <laughs> island somewhere. Uh, and, you know, they, they they do that and they sell it to the New Japan guys who already know wrestling really well. Well, what would you do? You would do a mixture kind of of this with kind of, I think, what yeah. you did as well, where stylistically you're putting people who you know will just do exactly what you need them to. Uh, mm -hmm. Ishii and Joe is a great example of that. They are going to just fucking destroy each other with no regards. And I think those are great matches. So I really loved this. Um, this first, you've got the books. It really did make me kind of mm -hmm. go out and look like, okay, now I have to really go through and think about all my very favorite wrestlers on both these rosters and who I would actually put up. And there were times, man, there were three different times where I wrote different matches. I had Tanahashi versus The mm -hmm. Fiend at one point. Just for a second, I was like, no, that's oh, not going to work. Be weird. Know? It would be weird. Yeah, yeah, I know. I also had him against yeah, Naito for wild. a second. Right. I, was like, I don't think The Fiend goes up against Naito. That's when I stuck on Okada, and that was where I really built it because I thought Bray is yeah, a good I can see that. dog pulled around. So, uh, But that's all I got, man. Is there anything else we wanted to add before we get out of here? I do want to think for uh, for the next show with the Who's Got the Book. I'm just going to say, you next week, Nate, you've got the book. Give me whatever. Give me an angle that you want to rebook yourself. you got the book. You tell me what you're doing. Okay. For next week. I've got it. Cart you lunch. ready? The next episode, we Get are going it. to rebook the falling out between WWE and CM Punk and keep him in our company and not let him it. walk out the door at, after the Rumble. I love it. Can't wait. And the only goal is to get CM Punk from the Rumble to Mania. I don't care about after, but though that's that's the thread we need is from the Rumble to Mania with, get with your CM event. Punk and find a way okay. to make it happen and think of a creative thing for 30 to make it extra special. You know the things that really happened. You know the behind-the-scenes shit. We can change the cogs. We can change the gears and figure a way out. Uh, maybe we can have Brando back for that segment, too, because I feel like he would have a lot to offer there as well. Uh, but, uh, Brando, do you have anything else you want to add before we dive out of here, my friend? No, man, I'm good. It's been great being back on the show. It's been great diving into WrestleMania. It was a very fun and interesting 
show to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I, I'm looking forward to see what kind of comes out of this in the next coming futures because because even though we're allowed to have these shows, a large mass gatherings are probably not going to be a thing for some time going forward. I just saw something today that concerts probably will not resume until 2021 until the fall of 2021. I've seen that too. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that the social distancing orders could still stay intact through, according to, uh, now uh, this is according to studies from Harvard, through 2022. So what does this Ooh. mean for us going forward with live events and pro wrestling? It, it, but we have seen when given the opportunity, even like when, like once pushed, when, when you push them against the wall, that's when the creative geniuses at WWE work their best magic. That is true. That yeah. is absolutely true. I'm gonna I'm gonna go go back to one of my old favorite jokes: is no matter what happens, we can throw atomic bombs and apocalypses and coronaviruses and whatever in the world. Godzilla could come back and start stomping across America. Two things would be certain: the IRS and Impact still surviving. <laughs> impact, impact, impact Wrestling, the cockroaches of a wrestling. Oh, it'll be it'll be mutant fighting, but then it will still be Impact, and somehow somehow Dixie Carter will still be in charge. Oh, oh God, I hope not. Oh. <laughs> I was excited there. It's an second. apocalypse, fuckers. We're gonna have horrible times. <laughs> I want to thank. I do really quickly want to thank everybody that tuned into the live stream, checked out the watch parties we have Absolutely. going on, all the different things. Any of the, any of our listeners who are listening on the podcast and Journey into Comics Network, we're grateful. Uh, make sure to check us out on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. And also, do not forget to go to Game Addicts Podcast and make sure to check them out every time they are out there doing their thing. Brando has been live streaming Final Fantasy VII Remake, which has been incredible and like super nostalgic for me and different and weird also. But that's a whole other podcast we're going to have to get into at some point. Uh I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of JIW. Is there anything else any of you guys want to add before we go? Stay safe. Wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. All right, folks. Well, for Journey into... Oh, Brando, thank you so much once again for joining us on Journey into Wrestling. It's hard to say thank you for joining us when I feel like you're just a part of the show because you have been a part of the show for so long. So it's just like... uh, Weird to be like, thank you for coming to do this thing that we do all the time, but we don't anymore. It's weird. Fucking <laughs> sorry. I just biffed that up, but and, handling all the technical. Nope. Thank you for take, handling all the technical stuff for the live stream as well. Hey, you know what? The Absolutely. Thing, you know what the thing is, is that, you know, I did step away from journey to wrestling and probably at probably the best time I could have. Cause right after that season, I kind of got out of wrestling for quite some time. I still followed it, but I just quit watching. And so it, it would have been kind of detrimental to the podcast coming back into, into the next season in season three or whatever that I just, I wasn't excited about the, about any wrestling products or, or, or mm-hmm. like, or anything. So uh, the, the proposal to come back and do another season wouldn't have been very high for me, but you know, thanks to, thanks to buckles bringing it, uh, this show now has a new heart and soul and, uh, and he drives, he, he brings passion and, and and drives the product forward for us and uh you know for me uh, to be able to you know share some of my knowledge limited that may it be of the live stream aspect and try to bring some of that to the journey to comics network it's the least that i could do 
you know, because it's like, you know, we are in this situation that we're in under current circumstances. You know, we're making the best. We're making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Uh, chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's your episode title, mate. There's your episode title. I think that's the one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring it on home, boys, for Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 15, From Chicken Shit to Chicken Salad. I've been Nate. Still buckles. I've been Brando. And we will see you folks later. Be safe, be well. Wash your damn hands. Peace. Let me know when we are. Are we live? Uh, yes, we are now live. Hello, world. Hello, world. Those of you who are watching the live stream, welcome to the Journey into Wrestling live stream for tonight's show. As you can see, if you're watching this, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Brando is joining Buckles and I tonight, which is absolutely fantastic. But uh, I'm going to, in like 30 Yay. seconds... Yeah, I'm in like 30 seconds. Go ahead and, uh, yeah, introduce the show officially, get the start of the, you know, whatever going on. I'm trying to start a watch party. It's hard to multitask and say shit and things like that. So mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm fucking it up, feel free to take over at any time, guys, because I'm, <laughs> right. I'm I'm sharing said watch party. Thanks, host, man. Yeah. Well, okay, know. so here we go. I'm going to do the... Oh, go ahead, Brando. I was just going to say, it's good to be here. Oh, I'm glad that you're back. All right, so let's uh, let's kick this thing off for the audio listeners in three, two, one.